Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Tuesday night. It is September 5th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden on my end. And on the other end, my co-host on Tuesday nights, my good friend, Andrew Baydala. What is going on? And Andrew's not even there. Oh, my God. He walked away. This guy walked away from the show. Look at this fucking guy, man. Oh, anyway, we got a great show for you guys tonight, man. We got a great show for you guys this evening, and we're going to talk about CM Punk. He probably walked away from the show because he thought I was going to play another song and do my whole Mustang intro, and maybe I should have notified him that I wasn't in the Mustang for too long, and we were going right into the beer garden, man. This fucking guy, man. Listen, we're going to talk about CM Punk tonight. We're going to talk about CM Punk and what it will be with life after CM Punk in AEW. And yeah, it's John Cena. You can't can't see me. Exactly. That's exactly what he is, man. We're going to talk about life after CM Punk in AEW, what it means for the company, why I genuinely don't believe. And here he is. Here he is. Here he is. You can't see me, bro. 
I can't see you, no. <laughs> Everybody thought you were pl- cosplaying The Miz from last night, man. Yeah, that was it. That was the bit, guys. You missed it. That was the whole bit. How's, every- how's everybody doing? Oh, my goodness. Everybody's good, man. How you doing? Is he frozen again? No, I'm not frozen. <laughs> That's the other bit. All right, boys. Boys and girls. Oh, my God. How you Let's doing, do man? I'm all right. It's been a week, you know? It's been oh, a man, week. It's, it's been a week. I'm fucking drained through shit, man. It's been a week. It has. It has been a week. You know, it's been one of those things where, you know, you feel bad. You know things need to happen. And hopefully we move in the right direction, you know? Hopefully we move in the right direction. Um, you know, you've been working your tail off with some reviews and stuff. So I know that you've probably covered a lot of this stuff, but we'll just jump right into it. Yeah, Katie. man, let, let me tell you something, man. This, this CM Punk stuff, uh, I know Jesse and I went live uh, with this as soon as the news broke on Saturday in front of 6,000 people. I know you were texting me. I should have got you on the show. I know you're going to explode with some real bombs here tonight on, on the situation. But I'll tell you what, man, it's a content creator. I know a lot of people are really kind of frustrated with the situation. I know they're kind of over the situation. They want to move past it. But I don't think we're going to move past this so easily, man. I think this is going to be a big talking point for the rest of the year, especially leading up to the Royal Rumble, man, because you know when Royal Rumble season comes around, who the surprises are going to be, who's going to make their returns, and CM Punk is going to be at the top of that list. Well, I think that's, again, all rumor and innuendo for right now. I know. Because it just seems as if, like, as soon as somebody's released, I mean, we've been down this road, fired or their you know non compete is done all of a sudden they're going to aw they're going to wwe the one thing i will say to me that makes more sense now more than ever is something that no one's talking about and that's edge adam copeland i yeah. think he the money that aw is possibly going to free up from phil brooks and cm punk could go to adam copeland your thoughts on that no i uh, i absolutely agree with that i even said it not even mentioning adam copeland i did mention copeland and mercedes i think those two people those two individuals are absolutely going to be brought in, and that is more than enough star power to offset the absence of CM Punk. But, you know, if you're Jim Cornette, it's the biggest mistake in the world that Tony Khan is making. We'll touch upon that because he's got a quote uh, on uh, what he thinks about that situation. But I also feel with CM Punk being fired that Tony Khan should really start resting on who has been there through the thick and thin for him and who has basically been the backbone of the company. And I'm going to throw MJF's name into that hat too, uh, Drew. I think with with CM Punk being fired, MJF just made himself several, several, several more millions from Tony Khan. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal, right? Um, The guys and girls that have really, you know, started this whole thing and have kept AW, AW, now granted, for all the, the knuckleheads out there that say that CM Punk didn't help this company, you're crazy. I mean, he did. As much as he was detrimental at times, he being CM Punk, CM Punk definitely helped AEW's growth phase. Now, they didn't take the next leap because he was hurt and everything else like that, the backstage drama. But your MJFs and your Ricky Starks, man, I'm backing up the Brinks trucks for those guys. Yeah. I'm trying to keep them on my roster as long as I possibly can. Because they are doing some really, really good stuff. And it shows that the fans dig them. So if your fans dig them, keep them. Keep them. I don't care what it takes to keep MJF. You got to do it. Now, do it. now, when when the news broke, um, it, it took everybody by surprise. You, you, you texted me, wake up, wake up. I was about to just lay down for a nap. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? What am I waking up for? And then you telling me Punk is fired. I thought you were trolling me. 
And then I go on Twitter, and it's being reported everywhere, and then I see the official statement. What was your first reaction when you saw that? Because when you texted me, I thought it was a troll. And I I just sat in front of my computer in in sheer shock for about a good 15 minutes until I texted Jesse. And I'm like, bro, we got to go live. let's, Let's do this thing. What was your reaction? Uh, my initial reaction was one of kind of disbelief, too. I thought to myself, okay, let me read this thoroughly because is this a work? You know, is this something where Tony's going to come out and be like the evil genius boss or whatever? And then I kind of read through it, and then Tony kicked off Collision, and I was like, okay, it still could be kind of a work, but then I started to listen to it and read through the statement beforehand. I was like, no, this is not a work. Uh, my initial thought was insanity because I knew how much WBD Warner Brothers Discovery loved Phil Brooks and wanted Phil Brooks a part of what they're doing with AEW. But it seems as if they had to, had no choice but to move on from Phil Brooks. Yeah, and that's exactly what they did. Tony Khan fired CM Punk on Saturday. Uh, they did hold collision, and Tony Khan did address the live audience before they went live on the air, and then again with a pre-baked-in tape segment with Tony Khan on the show at the top of the show at 8 o'clock. He says in the pre-tape, Today I had to make one of the toughest decisions of my professional career. Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk, for cause. I'll get to the for cause in a second because I definitely want to get Drew's take on this. This stems from a backstage incident at AEW All in London last Sunday. The incident was regrettable and an endangered people backstage. That includes the production staff, the people who help Put the show together every week. Innocent people had nothing to do with it. I've been going to wrestling shows for over 30 years. I've been producing them on this network for nearly four years. Never in all my time have I ever felt until last Sunday that my security, my safety, and my life was in danger at a wrestling show. I don't think the people I work with should feel that way. And I had to make a very difficult choice today. Now, he said he felt his life was in danger, Drew. I know Alvarez and Meltzer talked about this, and they said that the lunge report was definitely more than a lunge. Uh, I know that there were several different reports going around, but I think the ones that we've kind of nailed down and, and the community have kind of gone with was Jack Perry never put his hands on CM Punk. CM Punk puts Jack Perry in a headlock or a chokehold. They determined it was a chokehold. And Jack Perry was sucker punched by CM Punk. Then the report comes out and says that monitors were being thrown and tossed around and Tony Khan was there and Samoa Joe broke up the situation and CM Punk quote unquote lunged at Tony Khan telling Tony that he hates this place and he wants to quit. Then there was another story from Alvarez saying that there was a backstage altercation privately where Tony Khan was being reamed out by CM Punk and Punk had some choice words for Tony Khan and nobody knows what those choice words were. Use your imagination. But all of this eventually led to CM Punk's termination as Tony Khan uh, undergone an investigation. And he, and he hired an investigation, investigation committee to basically go over everything that they need to. There, there were interviews, people who were there, people who saw it happen, people who were not on the roster as an active performer, who were there backstage. And all of this led to Saturday and then into Sunday at All Out. I want to get your point on the four calls because that was the biggest takeaway from the official statement that Tony Khan put out. He did the same thing to Urban Meyer, didn't he? Or Urban Mayer from the Jacksonville Jaguars, didn't he? He fired him for just cause. 
And what I said in my show the other day was, I think Tony Khan basically said that to back himself up and back the company up because he's expecting some legal ramifications potentially from Phil Brooks. Well, and the same thing with Urban Meyer. Um, You know, that was... Yeah, they're very similar. Uh, I remember the statement from Urban um, uh, from Jacksonville about Urban Meyer, and I could pull it up here in a second, but it was after deliberation over many weeks and thorough analysis of the entirety of Urban's tenure with the team. I'm uh, bitterly disappointed. Uh, Imperative immediate change. uh, Blah, blah, blah. Spirit of closure. I will not comment further. But basically, yes, it was cause for Urban as well. It was only, you know, 13 games that Urban Meyer was their head coach. And CM Punk and his contract, basically what this does, what Tony protects himself from, is he felt that um, CM Punk was an endangerment to not only himself, but the entire AEW company as a whole. So basically, unsafe work environment. Um, and what they basically have said, well, what Tony and AEW has said is that they, uh, want to be held, you know, with no accountability, no responsibility for CM Punk anymore, Phil Brooks, because his actions could lead to other things happening in AEW that they don't want to be responsible for. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, I, I mean, it, it, it was disappointing to read the statement and then I go on to see Tony Khan's reaction live in front of the audience. We saw fan cam footage of this, and I genuinely felt bad for him because, I mean, the crowd in Chicago was going to be volatile anyway with this type of announcement. And I see Tony Khan wincing, and I see Tony Khan sitting in a chair on the stage, and people were booing him out of the building. I think he actually won some of those people over from the fan cam footage that I saw. But there are still going to be people that are upset with this decision. There are there are going to be people backstage on that roster that work AEW Weekly that are going to be upset with this decision. I'll get to that point in a second. But how did you think he handled this? Do, do, do you think he handled this the way he should have with the, with the statement and then going out on live television with a pre-taped segment? Because I saw that. I felt bad for him. And then when I seen that he baked it into the show, I'm like, you know what? This guy's got some fucking balls, and I'm glad He's addressing it head on because that's the first sign of being a boss in the entire two years that I've seen out of Tony Khan in regards to CM Punk. Well, I will say that he definitely handled himself. He being Tony Khan in the most professional uh, legal matter that he manner that he could have. Yeah. And again, what he you know what Tony Khan said basically was that CM Punk's you know actions are against policy, AEW policy. Uh, that may lead to serious repercussions for the company, clients, and other employees, and the termination of the employee. Uh, basically serves, you know, it's basically you're against the company's code of conduct. So he is preparing himself for a legal battle, which I think is smart. Uh, the way that Tony handled the uh, pre-taped segment um, that he read off a teleprompter, I thought was very, very well done. Um, I think it it needed to be addressed at the top of the hour, and he did that. The handling of the live crowd, again, for me, um, I think Tony, he has always spoken from the heart. So I give him a lot of credit for that. But in this particular scenario, I don't think that was necessarily the way I would have gone, but I'm also not running a billion dollar wrestling company. I just felt like Tony almost said too much. Yeah. Where I would have just been like, listen, I know you all are expecting Phil Brooks and punk to be here tonight. Unfortunately, I had a really tough decision to make as much as I would have loved to have have him been on this card, been on this show in front of his hometown in Chicago, which is my hometown. It was detrimental to my business. 
And going forward, CM Punk's Phil Brooks will no longer be a part of All Elite Wrestling. And it does pain me to say that, but I want to let you all know that we will continue to put on the best possible product we can, whether you love me or you hate me. I made this decision for the betterment of my company. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I do think that he might have said a little too much, though I respect the fact that he had the balls to go out there and address that crowd in Chicago Absolutely. after making that decision. Because, he, Drew, he could have easily waited uh, and said, you know, the investigation is still ongoing and waited until after the Labor Day holiday and then fire CM Punk. But he fired Punk going into Chicago and going into all out and replacing him with Brian Danielson. I mean, that takes some fucking balls. That's where the, the cajones come in. Yes. I mean, seriously, that's where, you know, the, the stones of Tony Khan doing that. Um, probably a decision he didn't want to make, but one that he did. Now, he could have waited. He could have made this announcement yesterday. He could have had CM Punk wrestle and then say, hey, we got to part ways. He did not do that. He really threw his balls against the wall and said, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing for my company. Whether they love me or hate me, this is what I got to do. And I truly feel like Punk's departure is due to the way that he handled himself with Tony Khan. And I've seen everybody, some of them in here in the tweet or the X's, whatever, the, the posts, this would never happen to Vince. Well, yeah, Vince McMahon is, you know, four times the size of Tony Khan. And realistically, I'm sorry to say this, but it doesn't matter. Like, you can't go around trying to beat up your boss. Sorry. Whether no, Tony I mean, is I mean, a he, gorilla. He, yeah, he lunged at his boss. He lunged at his yeah. boss. That's grounds for termination right there in itself. I mean, it doesn't matter what he did, you know, last year at all out. It doesn't matter what he did to William Regal in the report that we that we saw, which I don't know, I don't know why that came out now. And, you know, that happened last year at Revolution or anything else that he did. You know, not, not even the situation with Jack Perry. I think I think Tony Khan would have overlooked the situation with Jack Perry. Honestly, it was the fact that he lunged at Tony Khan and basically told Tony Khan again, I hate this place and I want to quit. I quit. You know, so Tony Khan gave him what he wanted. And at the end of it all, CM Punk, I said, got CM Punk fired. And I'm going to tell you this and I want your opinion on this. And Jesse and I tackled this, and I do believe that Jesse is in the right mindset because it doesn't really add up why Punk would go and do this all over again after going through severe punishment last year at All Out. Was he genuinely trying to get himself fired, Drew? Because I genuinely, I genuinely feel like he was trying to get himself fired, and we determined that CM Punk, Phil Brooks is not a stupid man, bro. He is a very intelligent human being. He yeah. tried to push Tony Khan time and time and time again, and he he wanted to figure out how far he could go and how far he could push Tony Khan's buttons, and this is what did him in, but I feel like he wanted to get fired at the end of all this. Yeah, I think the feared for my life stuff was a little much from Tony, but I will yeah. uh, agree with you here. that. And again, I, who am I to I say that, but who am I to say whether he didn't or did not um, fear for his life, you know, or did? I To me, um, you know, I, again, I think that he if he felt that way, maybe keep that to yourself. I don't know. Um, I do think that CM Punk, which I stated on our show when we found out that this happened and we did the trio, me, you, and Jesse, I said that I hate to put my tinfoil hat on here, but it seems to me like CM Punk Phil Brooks is trying everything to maybe get himself fired. So if this was his plan, then mission accomplished. The only problem is, is now this reputation will take you into your other you know, possibilities of business entities. And realistically, I could say this because it's been reported, but WWE and Fox, Fox was told WWE, go get CM Punk, we want him, and we'll pay for whatever it costs to get him on SmackDown. And they said no. 
WWE said no. WWE said no. Seth Rollins has called him a cancer. Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens says he won't work with him either. Roman Reigns says he would work with him because he'd do business, but he doesn't like CM Punk. And that's the thing, all right? I'm glad you brought that up. Business. Yeah. I think that CM Punk, the elite canceling the so-called meeting that was going to happen in Atlanta or wherever it was going to happen beforehand, and all this other back and forth bullshit. I think that CM Punk, then the car service not picking up. I, I, I don't, don't want to cut you. I don't want to cut you off. But but the Atlanta situation that was the double taping, correct? With Dynamite and Collision, is that yes. uh, right before All In? Okay. Yes, Duluth, Atlanta, wherever they yeah. were going to meet, they were supposed to meet. Supposedly, that's making the the rounds here too. And you talk about business. All five of these gentlemen, the elite. Well, I should say Kenny. The Bucks, Hangman Page, and Jack Perry, and CM Punk. Jack Perry would have never been in that, that, that meeting. So I would say the four of them needed to do what's right by the business and do business yeah. and put all this bullshit aside because what they needed to do was get their asses in the ring against each other. We have been robbed now of CM Punk taking on Kenny Omega in a singles match, which everybody and their mother wanted to see. We have been robbed of Punk and Danielson the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, not Daniel Bryan, and CM Punk in a ring. The unification match between Punk and MJF. Yep. And countless other matches that could have happened. Punk and Starks' big strap match in Chicago. This is because these gentlemen, the elite are not to escape blame, all decided they did not want to do business. And that is a big problem for me. Because you robbed the fans, the guys who buy girls who buy your T-shirts, who buy your pay-per-views, who do all this other stuff. Put your egos aside at times and realize that without the fans, remember the pandemic, pandemic shows, man, they fucking sucked, didn't they? I mean, they were terrible because there was no live reactions. It didn't matter if you piped in crowd or not. They sucked. Now, the wrestling didn't suck, but wrestling is nothing without an audience and without its fans. What you four gentlemen did was rob everybody of this possible opportunity to see what everybody else wants to see, and you're only getting older. We spend our hard-earned money on you guys. I'm not demanding you do anything. I'm very appreciative of what you guys and girls have done, but this is something that you should have put your egos aside and worked with the man and worked with the other guys because now we're in a situation where CM Punk is probably going to be nowhere, and I think it's a shame, truthfully. We'll we'll, we'll touch on future in in a little bit, but, um, you know, the, the meeting that you brought up, I, I don't know who was supposed to facilitate this meeting. Apparently, Nick Hausman said that he learned there was supposed to be a sit-down between all these members that you had uh, mentioned, the Elite Punk and Tony Khan. I don't know who facilitated this meeting. One, one report I read said that Tony Khan tried to facilitate this meeting, and then another report said an outside party who was not a part of these groups was to facilitate this meeting. Who, who, who facilitated this meeting? And I thought that there were a no contact legal clause where the elite didn't want to have anything to do with CM Punk and it was CM Punk's side and Punk himself who wanted to talk to the elite, but they didn't want to do it because of lawyers. So who facilitated this meeting? And why was the meeting canceled if the meeting was supposed to be scheduled? That doesn't excuse what happened with Phil Brooks and, and uh, Jack Perry at, at All In. It doesn't ex- uh, excuse... CM Punk, Phil Brooks, for constantly being um, a problem in the locker room and saying he hated this place and everything else like that. It seemed like CM Punk, Phil Brooks wanted to get out as soon as he got there Um, or maybe, you know, a little bit afterwards. I don't know who was supposed to facilitate this. I'm not excusing anybody, but these gentlemen should should just have done business. It's just sad. 
truthfully. Now, it, 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 really, it really is sad. It's, it's disappointing as a fan because two years ago when CM Punk came back and we got the first dance, everybody was, I mean, it was, it was just a beautiful day for pro wrestling. As a fan, as a performer, to see that energy, AEW felt like it was hitting a new stride and we were absolutely going to be on the brink of another, you know, promotional war between AEW and WWE. I thought we legitimately had the, f- the first big time, you know, WWE opponent in, in the wrestling ring against WWE. And CM Punk came out and said all these beautiful things. And, you know, it, it felt like he, he meant what he said. And I, I, I'm dis- I, I love Phil Brooks. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge CM Punk guy. He's one of my favorites ever. But but the thing is, as a fan, I'm genuinely disappointed in him because after what he said at the first dance to how he acted over the last two years, I felt like it became more about CM Punk and less and less and less about AEW and the vision that he had for AEW, helping the young talent, helping the company get to the next level. I felt he genuinely just moved away from all that, and that's the exact reason why Tony Khan brought him in and started paying him all this amount of money. And like you said, he robbed us. They robbed us of, of basically everything that you mentioned. MJF, Brian Danielson, Ricky Starks, and, you know, the real world championship, the elite, Kenny Omega. It's like, what do we do now? And, and, and I do believe he wanted out because he showed up at Monday Night Raw in Chicago back in December. And he was still under AEW contract. And there were reports going around that he wanted out then. And he was planning potentially joining the WWE and was open to working with the WWE so much that he was booking himself in the Royal Rumble reportedly and and booking himself against a potential Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I'm like, under an AEW contract? If you're Tony Khan, how the fuck do you look at that and say, Phil, that's not okay. I'm paying you to be with us, yet you want to be over there. I mean, that as an AEW fan even, Drew, I mean, that's, that's a slap in the fucking face after what you told us at the first dance. Right, and the biggest thing there is, you know, that's all hearsay. We don't know if CM Punk, Phil Brooks, actually, he was at Raw. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't know if he booked himself or told people he wanted to get out of AEW. Obviously, you know, that's like hearing your wife is with another man and wants a divorce, and, you know, then she comes back and she's like, well, no, I didn't actually say that or want that or whatever else. I understand. Tony did that with All Out and All In. So we can, you know, um, you know, I, I, to me, um, yeah, it's hard because I think CM Punk unfortunately wanted out of AEW. He's out now. And I don't necessarily know if you will see him in WWE. If you were to see him in WWE, because you kind of never say never. Everyone's come back. They passed on Punk, though. I think that's like the first name that I've ever heard that they passed on. They being WWE. But if it's me, I give him a six-month contract. See how he can act. That's what I would. Well, do. I mean, th- th- that's 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 the big rumor right now. That's everybody's uh, biggest talking point right now. Is he going to end up over there? They're booking dream matches for him on Twitter. Uh, I mean, it, it's just going to go and get even more crazy as the months go on, leading into Royal Rumble season, WrestleMania season. Do I think he ends up over there? I, I don't think he ends up over there. But who's to say, Drew? I mean, you know, with the with the merger supposedly happening within the middle of this month, the McMahon family's not going to be in charge anymore. It's all going to be up to Ari Emanuel. So if Ari Emanuel, well, if Ari Emanuel wants, wants CM Punk, don't you think that Ari Emanuel is going to get CM Punk? I mean, I don't think Vince McMahon at that point is going to have much of a say if Ari Emanuel wants it to happen. Well, I would say that I think CM Punk 
and Endeavor, the merger is going to be interesting. Um, but Vince will obviously have a say. And I think what's going to happen is, you know, there'll be a little bit difference in terms of hierarchy here if Fox retains SmackDown, right? Let's just say they, they bid the money for it and they win it. If Fox says to Endeavor, we'll pay for CM Punk, maybe, maybe um, they, they, they do it. I mean, they do it, but maybe it's on WWE's terms um, or TKO Endeavor's terms, and they say, hey, six months. You guys pick up the tab? Fine. Um, but other than that, you know, I again, I, I think it's too fresh. I think CM Punk has a lot of controversy right now. I don't know if he goes over to WWE. I really don't. I, well, I just... What, I don't is, know. what is his legacy if he ends up over there? I mean, did you hear Kevin Nash's comments that CM Punk needs mental health? I, I honestly agree with Kevin Nash. I, I, th- I think CM Punk has some anger fucking problems, anger management problems. I mean, Kevin Nash said, you know, in all seriousness, what I take from this whole thing is he needs serious help. He needs serious mental help when it becomes destructive. When there's a chance this costs you millions of dollars and you just continue to push and push and push, they have to let him go. I'll tell you right now. If I would have broke in and saw that some motherfucker doing that shit, I would have said, oh, if he can get away with that, then, well, fuck, I'm going to go and do it, too. He ain't wrong. (laughs) No, I think, I mean, I think Nash has got a point. You know, I think he was, CM Punk was trying to figure out how much he can um, get away with. And he found out, um, again, I... I, you know, I'm, I'm going to take Nash's comments with a grain of salt because um, I, I'm not quite sure that uh, that Kevin and, and Phil are on the best of terms. So yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. But but the thing I mean, is, he, I, I think CM Punk has the mentality that's him against the world. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how his legacy would remain intact if he goes to WWE. You know, I'm being brutally honest with you. I'd love to see it because I love. A little bit of chaos in my pro wrestling. I do. I think this week mixed with me being in London and then getting sick over there and coming back home, I think was a little too chaotic for me. But I do like a little chaos in my pro wrestling. I do think that the interest would be absolutely through the roof if he goes over there. As a content creator, the money I'd be able to make if CM Punk is going to be in the headlines, which is going to make everybody a lot more lucrative. You know, I don't uh, turn away from that. So I'm just being brutally honest with everybody. But the thing is, Drew, with him possibly going over there, there is a possibility. I'll never say never. I do feel that even if Vince and Triple H have some ill will towards Phil Brooks, at the end of the day, the way Triple H has operated, and he said, you know, never say never, they always say it. That's their signature tagline. If if Triple H wanted Phil Brooks in the WWE, I honestly think he would allow it and want it to work, and he would welcome Phil Brooks back with open arms. For the simple fact of, if it hurts AEW, Triple H is going to want to get it on WWE television. Because Can you imagine Phil Brooks with a live microphone and Triple H telling him to go out there? The foundation is yours. Go out there and say what you want as long as you're with us and you're, and you're working within our boundaries. You can do and say whatever the fuck you want, but stick it to them. I mean, that, that's exactly Triple H's mentality, and nobody's going to tell me otherwise. A hundred percent. There's no argument for me on there. And I think that, you know, it's going to come down to the the, the votes um, from yeah. the TKO Endeavor WWE board on yay or nay on Bill Brooks, CM Punk. Because I can tell you this right now for a fact, that CM Punk is 1,000% going to try and get on WWE television because if you don't think that that man wants to stick it to his former employer, which is just crazy that I'm actually saying this. Like, the words are flying out of my mouth, and I can't I can't believe it because it seemed like, 
the AWTK um, CM Punk Phil Brooks marriage was going to last until Phil Brooks wanted out. Yeah. So I, I do believe that if if he gets enough yays, you will see Phil Brooks in WWE. But I do think it's for a short amount of time. And before everybody was reporting this. Here's the match that I think that WWE should push for immediately at WrestleMania 40. You could keep the Kevin Owens match. Austin just wrestled at 38. You could have a street fight between CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin, or you could do something. Do it. Pull the trigger. Everyone's wanted it. If you bring Steve, if you bring Punk in, Phil Brooks, have the Austin match. That way you could make, you can maximize potential return tenfold. And it just gives something to do with both Punk and Austin. Austin goes over and you just, you have the dream match, quote unquote. I would do that. I'm not having CM Punk take on Seth Rollins. I'm not having CM Punk take on Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Or Cody Rhodes or Roman Reigns. I mean, put that shit to bed. No, I have him take on Stokely Steve also get the dream match. And then we'll revisit your contract and we'll see how everything happened after that match. Um, You know, maybe we bring, we keep you till SummerSlam at that point. But until then, no. And, And if we can get Steve to agree to it, if I'm WWE, I'm in. Is there a chance the locker room has a say and kind of bands together and says, no, we don't want this guy here based on his prior behavior in his former company? Absolutely. And the thing with with that, that being said is that that's what I believe happened with the first time around with Fox and SmackDown. Um, WWE was just like the locker room doesn't want him. So if that's the case, then they will because their locker room, WWE's locker room is beyond solid. And um, if all of a sudden that's the case, then you have to wonder, did Cody not stay with AW because he saw the writing on the wall with CM Punk? I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, I even asked myself that question, even after watching the documentary and kind of convincing myself that CM Punk was not part of the reason why Cody left after this situation. I'm kind of rethinking that and maybe thinking maybe CM Punk did have a small part in Cody leaving the company. Yeah. And here's the thing for everyone, you know, and I, maybe, you know, that's me. It's a, that's our opinion, you know, Everyone's like, who the hell wants to see Punk and Austin? You don't even need to build that. They already built that like eight, nine years ago. And all Austin has to do is show up the glass breaks, stares them down, flips them off. Who, who wants to see Punk versus Austin? I'm raising Everybody. my hand right here. What are you talking Everybody. about? Everybody. I mean, Austin Austin gave a more than admirable effort against Kevin Owens. CM Punk right. can do the same thing. And I mean, that's a, that's a mega money match. I'm, bro, you, th- that's an instant. That's a sellout. I mean, if, if, they, if they're not pushing a sellout, you announce that match, goodbye. Tickets are yeah. out the window. Right, and Philly already did sell out. So if you put that, you know, and WWE's looking to sell the rest of their pay-per-views, their next, you know, streaming deal slash tape library deal, man, they see that, forget about it. So for me, you know, again, I don't put Punk against Roman. I don't put Punk against Cody at WrestleMania. I don't even do Punk and Owens. I just do Punk and Austin if you can get Steve to agree. Otherwise, you got to go in a different direction. But um, I give CM Punk a six-month contract, see how he acts. And if he's a piece of shit again. I can't see him. I can't see him not being on his best behavior. I mean, with what he did in AEW, he's not going to be able to get away with in WWE. Do you think he'd act that way there again? You know, and I don't know what the... I don't know what the exact if CM Punk was to fully blame for this. I think when you lunge at your boss, you're in trouble, but I don't think CM Punk would um, cause any trouble because realistically he knows this is his last straw. He's probably going to get a good, if not great settlement from AEW in terms of like a severance or something like that. So again, um, a non-compete too. Is he going to be under a non-compete? Man, that's going to be the big thing. That is going to be the big thing, whether or not CM Punk is hit with a non-compete if he signs that severance. So what 
again, all right, I will put you in my shoes. Let's just say that I'm Phil Brooks. Let's do a little, little of this. Um, I was making $5 million a year, $5.5 million a year. You terminated me. I think it's, we have 24 months left on my contract. I think it's about a year, year, two years to a year and a half. So let's just take the two years. It's just simple. That's 11 million bucks. Okay. Yeah. I would go to WWE and say, how much you want to pay me for six months? Or what's the, can, can, can you bring me in? And they say, yeah, we'll bring you in uh, for six months and we'll give you, you know, four and a half million dollars and you can get a gate, some of your merch and all this other stuff. We'll give you a big match at WrestleMania. And if things go well, we'll give you another six months. I say, all right, I'd probably take that even because what the biggest thing that he needs to do is keep his name out there, the exposure, everything else like that. And he's only getting older. His body's breaking down. He being CM Punk. You're not going to get your full $11 million in a severance package from AEW. No. You're not going to get that in a settlement either. You might get half. So at $5 million, would you rather take the $500,000 more from AEW and sit your ass home for probably a year to two years, which is don't get me wrong. Anybody wants to sign me a $5 million check, send it on over. I'll consider it. Yep. But I want my name out on television if I'm CM Punk. And I get to really stick the knife into AEW for making a really bad decision on letting me go, even though they really had no choice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that, that's something I'd do, too, if uh, if that's a possibility for Punk. Yeah. But, but, at, but at the end of all of it, I feel like, and I said this countless, countless, countless times, everything with CM Punk could have been easily avoided. Everything. They never diffused the promos between him and Paige. It all started over him fucking thinking that Colt Cabana sh- should, have, should have been moved to Ring of Honor or, or off of Dynamite, and everybody had a problem with that. I mean, it all started over, over fucking Colt Cabana, over, over bullshit that he dealt with fucking in, in years prior to joining. He wanted to start a new leaf and join AEW. Tony Khan never diffused those Adam Page promos. CM Punk stewed at home after he broke his foot for two months, two and a half months, and came back and talked about Adam Page in a promo for a receipt, and he had nothing to do with Adam Page. He was building towards a match with John Moxley. And Drew, nobody downplayed the situation, and nobody diffused the bomb that was CM Punk. Nobody said anything. Everything could have been avoided. Then he goes to All Out. The scrum happens. Tony Khan lets him bury the whole fucking company. He gets suspended. He gets stripped. He goes away. We hear rumors of him wanting to visit WWE and gauge interest over there. Then he comes back. He gets healthy. They give him a show. They split the rosters for him. And then everything is like, all right, CM Punk is back. Let's do this all over again. And then we get fucking glass. Glass. And Jack Perry, and this is what spawned all of this to now we see well, him terminate. He did the I Hangman mean, Page thing, too, after Collision went off the air. Yeah, the Hangman Page promo, too. I mean, that was so in- inconsequential. He was fined $100,000 for that, and he apologized for it because he texted Page after the show was over. Counterfeit bucks. I mean, yeah. there, uh, there was a lot of other things that the Bucks did. Their whole song, Carry On a Wayward Son, is a direct knock at CM Punk. Well, I didn't really appreciate them jogging around after collision either. I mean, that is your executive vice president slash presidents. Give me a fucking break. If I'm Tony Khan, you're not talking to them about their childish behavior. That was an embarrassment. Yeah, I, you know, I love, I love the Bucks. I do. Tag team, you know, one of the best tag team wrestlers out there. Um, and I think they're good people. But the problem is, is like, you can't, that's the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, they did what they did. Punk was home for what eight months nine months and there was many references although soft about phil brooks carry on a wayward son there'll be tears when you are gone you know lay your weary head to rest 
That is a direct shot at CM Punk. So They had a six-man tag on Dynamite where Kenny Omega bit someone on live television in reference to the biting incident at Brawl Out. I mean, yeah. they threw shots back and forth. Again, everything could have been avoided, and Tony Khan basically sat and watched everything happen without saying a word. Everything was avoidable. We didn't need to be at this point. Tony did bend over backwards for CM Punk, though. Look, let's not forget that. There's more than just, you know, the elite acting like this and then Punk saying the other stuff. The game is own show. You know, he gets kind of creative control over some things. Danielson's back there helping and all this other stuff. I mean, they re- Tony really did try and make this work. He really did. He did. I mean, he did. everybody's to blame, though. Khan is to blame. Punk is to blame. Jack Perry's to blame. The Bucks, the, uh, the fat Hangman Page, everybody. And it's disappointing, like we said. It's disappointing in the end. And we don't know what the end result will be. And this is going to be an ongoing thing. Where's CM Punk going to go? You know, the news about CM Punk is not going to stop. And it's going to trend on until, you know, Survivor Series is in Chicago. People are going to start rumors about that. The Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. My, my question is, life after, AEW, life after uh, CM Punk for AEW, what happens, Drew, to Collision? Do we see Collision stay the course the way it's been? Do we see the rosters remain soft split for Warner Brothers Discovery between Collision and Dynamite? And who replaces CM Punk on that show? I guess Brian Danielson is the answer to that. I, that's more than an adequate replacement there. But what happens to Collision? And do, do you feel the show should remain the same that it was when Punk was there? I think what you're going to start to see is um, Dynamite being in, I'll use an example because you're from the East Coast and so am I, and you still live there. Dynamite's going to be in Long Island, New York, and then I could start to see collision in like Bridgeport, Connecticut. That way, some of those boys and girls could just drive yep. to collision. I think the hard brand split is done. I do think guys like Miro and Hobbs and uh, House of Black who are getting quality airtime on collision, that will continue. Uh, but the influx of the Bucks, Kenny, MJF, Hangman Page, I think will be more prevalent over on collision because they will need it. Do I think that they will move collision? No, I don't think Tony's going to end up moving anything to Mondays and Thursdays because he does not. And it's a conflict of interest truthfully for him to compete with the NFL on those days. WWE and Endeavor have no care in the world about what the NFL does. Tony owns or is a co-owner with his father of an NFL team. So they do not want to directly compete because all that does is hurt their pockets. Yeah. So could they move it to Friday? Sure. Will they move Collision to Friday? I don't think so. Um, I think it shows defeat. I think it shows weakness. And I think Tony is going to make this work with Collision um, with the influx of talent that he has. There's a loaded roster over there. And let me tell you something. Adam Copeland comes over, put him on Saturday nights. Mercedes comes over, put her on Saturday Saturday nights. nights. And then we got our answer and CM Punk would be a non-factor. What does Warner Brothers Discovery do in regards to Collision and Dynamite now with them looking at a TV rights negotiation? Is this going to hurt Tony Khan and his negotiations with Warner Brothers Discovery now that he doesn't have CM Punk? Or does Tony Khan, like you mentioned, go out and get someone like Edge or Mercedes and say, hey, We've back-ended our roster. We got these megastars coming on in to kind of offset CM Punk's absence. We're going to be all right. And what do you think Warner Brothers Discovery thinks about that? Well, I think WBD Warner Brothers Discovery is going to want uh, a suitable replacement for Phil Brooks. And I, I do believe that Tony informed them of his decision. I think that I just, Tony's a very smart businessman, so I would believe that that's what 
the the course of action was. And I think that he, Tony Khan, is going to make good, whether it's Adam Copeland or whether it's whomever else he could get his hands on, uh, Mercedes or maybe somebody else. I think Tony's going to do that. Um, and I do believe that we were headed for Punk and MJF, title for title. We no longer have that. I think that AEW, you know, Real World Championship is dead. Wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. But I do believe that... Um, yeah, I think that I think Collision is going to need something, and I think Tony Khan gives it to uh, to Warner Brothers Discovery and the fans. And I know that again, we talked about this at nauseum. I know that Warner Brothers Discovery really loved and wanted CM Punk, Phil Brooks around. So yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys being here, man. We we are just getting started. This CM Punk situation is uh, the talk of the world of pro wrestling. We got twenty five hundred people in here. Drew and I thank you very much for joining us on your Tuesday nights. Let we- me say this: somebody asked. Is Will Ospreay a, 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 a big signing for AW? Yeah. Absolutely. WWE wants, absolutely. Yeah, WWE wants him bad. Bad. I mean, so, yeah. who wouldn't want him? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, and Jay White made the best decision he possibly could. I also want to say that he went to AW, and I thought that was money for him because I don't know where he'd be in WWE. There's some guys signed at WWE contracts right now that are, that are just sitting around. So, um, Will Ospreay? Oh, man. I'd love to see him in AEW. Again, Will Ospreay, Edge, Mercedes. I mean, I think we'll be fine after CM yeah. Punk. We're just disappointed that we didn't get the CM Punk that we thought changed after seven years of being away. We thought he loved what he... I'm sure he loves what he does. It's just what he said doesn't really translate to what we're seeing now. And the, the other thing that I wanted to touch on, I also, I'm going to ask you a question um, that we don't have here on the run sheet, but I always like to do that it's off the cuff and it's a, I get a real organic reaction from you. Yep. Punk at times came off like a giant. Well, and if he does sign with WWE is a, and I understand, you know, make your money, but it's, you're very hypocritical. And I, I'm a big CM Punk, Phil Brooks fan, but I mean, the things that he said about WWE, when Tony bought the ring of honor tape library and everything else like that, I mean, you look like a, a giant asshole tucking your, tail between your legs and going over to WWE after you said what you said about Vince, about Paul Levesque, about all that stuff. I'm just saying there's a lot of things that those boys will not forget. So, I mean, that's why I said, I asked you earlier, what what is his legacy going to entail? If he ends up going over there, it's almost as if he's going to wipe away the pipe bomb and everything he said that was, I mean, even though it was a work shoot promo, a lot of what he said in that promo still holds water today and people still reference that promo uh, all these years ago. And I feel like if he goes over there, he is going to be the biggest hypocrite probably in the history of pro wrestling. And I don't think people will ever let him live that down. And I don't really know. I don't really know how he could go home and put his head down on the pillow at night if he ends up going over there knowing the volatile shit he said about the company all these years. I mean... The report was, Drew, and I, 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 I was absolutely fucking disgusted when I read about the William Regal report. I mean, William Regal's over there. William Regal's the right-hand man for Triple H. And William Regal, he got fired wrongfully from WWE. He ends up coming over to AEW because of his close ties with John Moxley and Brian Danielson. And Brian Danielson, you know, with the leader he is to that locker room, you're going to have CM Punk greet William Regal for the first day and say, I'm not shaking your hand. I don't trust you. You're nothing more than a Triple H stooge. I mean, what type of fucking individual are we dealing with here? I mean, if he ends up going over there, I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be of the right mindset, especially in the fans' eyes. I think people are going to really fucking shit on him. 
Well, and you know, I saw the comparison. Well, you know, Brett said what he said about Vince, and Vince took him back. It took Brett a long time, number one, and Brett was screwed in Montreal. This is completely different. CM Punk was not um, worked into a shoot and had a finish changed on him in the middle of his, you know, yeah. one of his hometowns. So let's let's cut that shit out. But uh, again, what you said, it kind of nullifies a lot of things that he's done. And well, people, and you know, I get a lot of people. Well, it's professional wrestling, but I mean, CM Punk was shooting. Okay, to steal a wrestling term, which I hate to do. But CM Punk was absolutely shooting on the WWE and Vince McMahon and Triple H when he said his promos and Johnny Ace and everybody else that he shit on. Yeah. When he came back to AEW, um, came back to professional wrestling, it was almost like he couldn't help himself. And now it's like, hey, guys, I apologize. We, we can make amends, but I don't forget what you said. I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. That's how I am. I mean, he even said it when Mercedes and Trinity walked out with the women's championships and people asked him, I think it was at like a San Diego Comic-Con. He's like, nothing's going to change over there. They could fucking put whoever they want in charge there. Triple H ain't going to change a fucking thing over there. It's the same mentality over in WWE. Nothing's going to change. And we, we got something in the chat here. Big baller. I mean, you listen, bro, the last couple of streams, you've been fucking pissing me off. Cody's a hypocrite too then. How is Cody a hypocrite? Well, what, are you, what are you talking about? CM Punk is a hypocrite. Cody's a hypocrite, too. What, what does Cody have to do with this? How is yeah, Cody I, a hypocrite? I don't know. Cody didn't. I mean, Cody left AEW um, at one of the... He was at the Heights. He never won a world championship. Cody was very calculated. And I think the real reason Cody left AEW, it could be the CM Punk stuff, but I feel like Cody... And this is my question to you. I feel like Cody um, saw the nucleus of AEW changing and its originality and what it what it was. I think he felt like it was changing, and he also hated that his EVP status, where he was allowed to help, you know, backstage and all that other stuff, and maybe make some creative decisions, was pulled away from him. So my question to you is that will AEW get back to the AEW that you loved now that Phil Brooks, CM Punk is gone? Because it seems as if that nucleus. And the, you know, original formation of what this company is might be back, quote unquote, your thoughts. I did feel after all out that it was a show that was of a renewed focus. I do feel like all out when the show was over felt like the AEW of old. Now, I don't know in what sense to tell you and describe to you, but it just felt like it was raw AEW. Like, the AEW that we loved. Now, as far as that is concerned, I genuinely think that Tony Khan has a great nucleus of people around him. Brian, he's put a lot of trust and a lot of responsibility on Brian Danielson, and that's someone that, as a fan, I, I adore. I love that man. And I think at the scrum, he says he's hired Jimmy Jacobs. Jimmy Jacobs was fired from WWE because he took a picture with the Elite Outside of a show in California, WWE got wind of it and they fired him the next week. So Jimmy Jacobs apparently is now the right-hand man of Tony Khan. And Tony Khan said that Jimmy Jacobs has, has, uh, has a lot of responsibility and he travels with him everywhere. So I do feel like Tony Khan is making strides to bring in people and to give people responsibilities so that there isn't a, a lot on his plate and that we get back to doing what is best. And that is, you know, AEW, what brought them to the table. I do feel, going back to your Cody point, I do feel if Cody and CM Punk end up working together and are employed on the same brand, I do think Cody left AEW because 
he felt, and, and like you said, he saw the writing on the wall. I felt like he knew he was not going to be the glimmer in Tony Khan's eye anymore and that Tony Khan was going to have a shiny new toy that he was going to basically end up playing with all the time and Cody would be played with sometimes maybe on the weekend and he's not going to get the, the rub from Tony Khan that he expected. So he felt like at that time, I'm going to go back home. I think I've built enough credibility with my fan base and have applied all this to build my brand that I can go over there and be the star that I know I can be and be home with Vince and really put a great legacy on my family's name. Now, if Punk goes over to to WWE and we see Cody and Punk on the same roster, I don't think Cody's going to feel that way anymore because Punk is going to be the one that that is basically going to be in Cody's shoes when he was in AEW. So Cody's going to be the bigger star, and he knows it, and Punk is going to be underneath Cody. So I don't think Cody's going to feel that same way anymore. And we are on a collision course for Cody and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. I mean, Jey Uso, yes. Cody's political power. Yes. WWE is planting those seeds. And again, the WrestleMania stuff, guys, if you if you know your history, the WrestleMania feuds and stories start at Survivor Series. They get accelerated through at the Royal Rumble, and then all of a sudden it's bang, WrestleMania. Here, so, here's a spoiler, guys. With Cody bringing Jay to Raw, they basically told you the main event of WrestleMania. Right, exactly right, 100%. And to your point... Tony Khan was signing a bunch of ex-WWE guys. Yes. Danielson, Punk, all, I mean, the FTR, all these that guys. Did not, that I, did not hurt. That, that did not help Cody either. No, and I felt like Cody felt, in my opinion, Cody felt like he was kind of second fiddle. So yep. he decided that he was going to, quote-unquote, take his ball and go home. But, um, yeah, I think Cody saw, you know, what a lot of other people saw, and he decided that it was time for him to – Take his talents to WWE, where he really de facto became the the sickest, uh, the second biggest star in the company, truthfully. And Tony Khan does not have a John Cena card when um, his world champion wants to take some time off, like WWE does. He doesn't. Yeah. So this is the, the CM Punk Phil Brooks loss for AEW is going to be massive in terms of star power for AEW. But that fan base is not the same fan base as WWE. So I think it could get back to where it was a year ago, two years ago, which could be good for them. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a big deal for the uh, brand itself. Uh, AEW, I feel like, uh, did turn over a new leaf on Sunday with All Out, Drew, and and this was the first show without CM Punk. It was in Chicago, the United Center. Kind of disappointing that they did just as many people inside the United Center as compared to the now arena, in Schaumburg, but yep. I mean that's uh, what ha- that, that's what happens when there's fatigue and uh, oversaturation in a market. But regardless of that, you and I have been very critical of the build for All Out. We enjoyed All In. We were critical of the build of All In. All In was a great show. It was a, a me- memorable show. And, and then the build for All Out was seemingly non-existent. It was like a fucking Ring of Honor house show on paper. I mean, it, it just was not good. MJF wasn't defending the world championship. He was in a tag team match with Adam Cole in the fucking Dark Order. Shane Taylor versus Samoa Joe. Uh, Ricky Starks was missing an opponent before they announced Brian Danielson. And they got some other shit on there with Eddie Kingston and Claudio Shibata. I mean, whatever the case may be. And then a big eight-man tag with the Bucks and the FTR teaming up against Bullet Club Gold. It did not resonate with the fan base. Everybody was complaining that there was no story. There was no long-term build. So we go to All Out on Sunday. At the end of the show, people are claiming this might have been the best in-ring product that AEW's put on all year. 
I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. I thought it was a very important show for them to come out and nail that show after CM Punk being fired. What did you think of the show? I think this is the, stupid fuck, the stupidest fucking argument I've ever had with anybody. And I saw a lot of AW talent. And guys... Uh, I don't. I don't remember if I saw any um, girls tweet about it that are current. Maybe they did. So, guys and girls of the AW roster, I'm sorry that you felt that myself and JD's comments about how this all-out card had less than nothing in terms of build. I'm sorry that you feel that way <clears throat> because it was the truth, and the truth hurts. That's not to say that Moxley and Cassie didn't have a great match. It did. That had build. It's not to say that MJF and Adam Cole. In their tag match. The story is MJF and Adam Cole. And I love me some John Silver. He's a Long Island boy just like myself. Oh, John Silver's incredible. I love John but, Silver. But, I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. MJF and Adam Cole versus the Dark Order, that's a dynamite match, okay? It's a dynamite match. And it's also going to be a ver- dynamite the show. It's a very good... The in-ring product has never suffered for AEW. It's the best wrestling on the planet. But wrestling, professional wrestling and sports entertainment is not just about what happens in the ring. That's where things culminate. This I, We had no story, no build, no continuation, no conclusion besides three matches. The Starks and Danielson match was unbelievable, and I give Tony props for that. It was put together last minute. Good story involving Ricky, the dragon. Then it was this dragon, not that dragon. Surprise. Great. I loved it. And Omega and Takeshna, <laughs> chef's kiss. Great match. Great story. Don Callis, Kenny Omega. Takeshna doesn't the fact, even speak. The fact that Kenny Omega can't win without Don Callis, we get it. Like, we get yeah. all these little innuendos. We, all, we great, all understand. Great story. But you cannot sit here and tell me that that show had any fucking build to it because it didn't besides three matches. Listen. Shane listen. Taylor, Shane Taylor and, and Samoa Joe. Who gives Samoa a shit? J- Right, but Samoa Joe and MJF had a story that WWE created. Which people were I, more interested in that than the actual fucking match with Shane Taylor and Samoa Joe. A that, shove. That, that's good storytelling. I don't mind it, but that's what wrestling's all about. Listen, Anthony Bowens tweeted. This started with Anthony. This is the only tweet I saw, and then I heard Tony Khan mention it because Jesse mentioned it live on the air when we were doing our show on early Monday morning. Tony, I Khan, just want to say I'm a huge acclaimed fan. Love their work. I love Caster and Bowens. I love the yeah. acclaimed. We have n- absolutely zero problem with them and what they do. This is not a-, a knock on them as in-ring performers. It's just the narrative that we felt AEW was now pushing after such an incredible show. Tony Khan said he's going to stop listening to the online fan base a little more now because the show ended up being incredible and he doesn't really give a shit about a lack of a build because of how great the show was. That's number one that pissed me off. Then the next morning, I saw Anthony Bowens tweet this, Drew. He says, this is the 4,567th time people complained leading up to a show and as per usual, AEW delivers and then some. When are you all going to learn? So... I uh, quote tweeted and I said, I see this is the narrative now within the company after the last night. I mean, this in no disrespect towards Mr. Bowens because I love what he does, but we can't excuse the lack of storytelling, direction or creative because the roster put on a great in-ring show. It's two completely different things. Everyone knows AEW is capable of a show like this. The roster is always going to deliver as it should. It's probably the best roster of talent in the entire world. 
But imagine how much better the show would be on top of what was given to us last night if half the show had any sort of direction instead of being thrown together and put matches on TV because Tony Khan needed a pay-per-view card. If I want to watch pro wrestling for great matches, I can see that anywhere. AEW is better than that, and the fans care enough to call it out. Don't throw it back in the fans' faces when the company doesn't do something, and then when a show like last night happens, you think it's all okay. You're basically saying it's okay for creative, management, and TK to be lazy because you know the roster will deliver on pay-per-view and the story or lack of story doesn't matter. Drew, what they're basically telling me and you is, we don't have to watch Dynamite Collision every fucking week. Just wait for right. the fucking pay-per-views and you're going to get great matches, man. That's and all that's, they fucking care about. I'm going to tell you this. I had 10 people in my backyard with a television and we were eating, drinking, having a good time. And it was, you know, it was Labor Day weekend. And I was telling some of the people that were watching, both guys and girls, that Kenny Omega is probably the best wrestler in the world, you know, and they got that story and everything else like that. But realistically, those guys and girls who are watching that don't watch wrestling every week. And all they had to do was turn into the pay-per-view for the most part. And I was like, well, this is this is kind of new. This is fresh. We don't know where this is going. So you're seeing it just like we are. So, again, I put out this tweet. To the AEW Delivered Again crowd, for me, there's never been a question on if the AEW roster can deliver on television and pay-per-view. Yes, they always deliver in the ring. Pro wrestling isn't just about the matches. I enjoy the story, build, and then the conclusion or the continuation. That is why we tune in. You are asking us to invest our time, which is invaluable. It's in that. That's the one thing nobody could buy. I don't care how fat my bank account is. I don't care how fat your bank account is to the people watching us at home. You cannot buy time and you never will be able to buy time. Don't make me waste my time watching Dynamite and Collision if you're not going to advance storylines. And I'm going to give Tony the benefit of the doubt. Rocking a hard place. Wanted to do all in in Wembley. Had a fantastic show. But you came out and gave us slop minus three matches. And I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. It's my opinion. I'm just some guy behind the screen who invests his time. That's all I am. Who's been watching for 35 years. I just want stories. Uh, give me some backstory. Every major match that's ever happened that people talk about through the history of, of, of wrestling has had major stories. If we want to watch good matches. I'll go watch New Japan. I don't understand what the hell they're saying half the time anyway. So I'll go watch that. I don't understand. Like, I, I to me, it's like... It's amazing how this company, man... I love AEW. I love what Tony Khan does. I love that roster dearly. I really do. But it, it's amazing to me how I read something like this, and the, the, the roster criticizes the fan base for caring so much and so passionately that they're holding the company to a high standard that they know the company can operate at. That's what fucking... That's what makes me laugh at this shit. Like... We know you guys can are capable of it. You've done it before. Why are you now excusing laziness? I don't understand right. it. And and here's the thing. I understand, like, we're going to deliver. Yeah, we know that. The fact of the matter is, is that you make me spend $50 of my hard-earned money. That's a dollar. You need 49 more of those suckers to order your pay-per-view. And I'm okay with doing it. And I do it time and after I time. And I did. I did without any hesitation. Yeah, so did I. So who's the sucker? Us or you? I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I understand, and I get it. You had all your chips and all in, but All Out was your premiere show. It was what kicked off everything. Man, I don't get, I don't, I, I don't smack 
somebody who loves me every day. I don't smack loyalty in the face, and I'm damn sure not going to smack all out and basically make it an afterthought. And that's what this show felt like besides the Mox match with Cassidy, the Takeshi and Omega match, and um, the Danielson and uh, Ricky Starks match. The FTR Young Bucks match, I, I don't understand why the fuck these guys are teaming. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Normally, I'm a man of many words. I couldn't fucking give you a goddamn clue as, as to what's going on there. But I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know why the fans got to be chastised for wanting a better in-ring, pro, a better uh, creative product. And these people are paying to watch your show, and all they're asking for is just better story. I mean, that's all these people want. That's all we've asked for. Yeah, like, and I see some people here in the chat being like, AW has told stories. Yeah, they've with some of their guys and girls, they've told stories. But the other thing is, is that like you have to be a wrestling fanatic sometimes to realize where Tony and AEW is going. And I Tony is a j- savant, okay? But not all of us are savants. Show me what I'm missing. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I know dark and dark uh, elevation are gone, but I didn't know some Jagoff who won 50 matches on dark. Who's on dynamite now. I don't know who the hell this guy is. I'm sorry. And I, I don't know the, the, the story between, you know, this guy and that guy from, um, you know, rev pro or all. I don't know that. I'm sorry. Look, I don't make me aware of what the hell's going listen, on. Listen, Drew and I talked about this for a, a second or two before we actually went live and we went back and forth and, I believe he asked me, what other stories are on AEW television right now that have any long-term direction outside of MJF and Adam Cole and what they're doing as better than you, Bay Bay? There is not one long-term fucking storyline on AEW television. I don't even know if there's one single storyline outside that on AEW television, period. Like, what is there? What is there to physically, as a fan, sink your teeth into and say, hey, man, I'm going to watch Dynamite on a weekly basis. They're writing weekly episodic television, and you got two guys carrying the entire load for a two-hour fucking weekly program, and then nothing on the other end because you fired your fucking biggest star. Right, and everybody and their mother would completely demolish, criticize, chastise WWE if they gave you tournament after tournament after tournament to decide who the number one contender for these championship titles are why haven't you built somebody you did with Ricky Starks and punk. Now that's gone out the window. Why aren't you building somebody or two people tell stories within a story, show the the rise, then the fall, then the rise. And then the climax. I found it. I found it funny. Raj Geary of wrestling Inc tweeted out. He's like, well, two matches on this show to start the show that shouldn't be on the show. I don't even know how we got here. And then John silver quote tweeted Raj and said, Hey, man, we won a battle royal on Rampage, so the match did belong on the pay-per-view. I'm like, but it happened legitimately 48 hours ago. How are you okay with that? That's what he's talking about. It shouldn't be a fucking thing. MJF's your world champion, and he's wrestling the Dark Order on pay-per-view, bro, for the Ring of Honor titles. John, I love you, buddy. Long Island guy like myself, Islander fan, just like myself, through and through. Dude, nobody watches Rampage. No. Nobody. No. Sorry, buddy. I mean, all in all, Drew, it was it was a tremendous show. It was a tremendous show. And Moxley won the international championship. I got laughed at when I said Orange Cassidy should have won and sent the crowd home happy. I think he needed that win more than Moxley did, but Moxley ended up winning it. But here's the problem, okay? I would agree with you had they not just fired Phil Brooks. Yeah. John Moxley is Mr. Yeah. Dependable in AEW. He's their Iron Man. 
um, and you needed to keep that stock red hot. Moxie loses to Cassidy. Cassidy goes here, and Moxie's kind of like looked at as he's got a rebound and stuff like yeah, that. So totally, I, I think they had no choice but to keep Moxley, um, you know, with a that bullet in the chamber because if Moxley, you know, Punk's gone, they're gonna have to lean on Moxley more now. Takeshita. He beats Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, absolutely beautiful pro wrestlers, Kenny Omega. He put Takeshita over big on Sunday night in a great match. Some people, Drew, were saying it was better than the Will Ospreay-Kenny Omega match at Forbidden Door. What do you think? No. Um, and I only say that because I think the Will Ospreay-Jericho match was better at all in. I mean, that's oh, just my opinion. Okay. That's just my opinion. I love the story in a professional wrestling match. That's why I'm a huge Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels guy. Yeah. People say you got to pick one. No, I don't. That's just me. Um, So I think this match was very, very good. They told a fantastic story. And Kenny Omega consistently makes talent in AEW. He He makes new stars. And I will say this. I'm a CM Punk guy. But who did he make besides Ricky? And it hadn't happened yet. Punk didn't make anybody. No. That's a good point. That's a totally different topic for a different day, though. We can uh, harp on that for a little bit. Uh, but Kenny does make uh, everybody around him better, and he made Takeshita into a megastar on Sunday night. Daniel, Bri- uh, Daniel Bryan. Brian Brian Danielson. Danielson. I, I do it all the time. I know. Brian Danielson uh, made Ricky Starks into a legitimate megastar on Sunday, Drew. That was the coming out performance that Ricky Starks needed, and I mentioned it when I was live with Jesse on Sunday. That match... For Ricky Starks, that match was his Bret Hart and Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13. That's very well said. I never even thought about that, but that's very well said. That is my favorite WrestleMania match of all time. I know people are always Taker Uh, and Sean. Yep, that's number number two for me. Uh, Taker, Sean's number one. So I'm a Bret Austin guy. I just think everything in there just, it took Austin to a completely different level, and it put Bret in this, vehemently nasty heel and was just straight Canada. And that was, in my opinion, that's Brett, his best work. It really is. That yeah. was in 97. Brett was his best work ever. Um, and then I go take Sean from 25. And then number three is, uh, which a lot of people don't like is the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12, but that made Sean. So, yeah. um, I really do like that comparison. And Ricky Starks, I mean, just look at the ending of the match. Look at the way yeah. he uh, was choked out with the strap, and he never said, I quit. He just fucking passed out. It reminded me of Stone Cold with the blood dripping down. He just falls down. Kevin uh, Ken Shamrock is asking him, asking him, and then he waves it off. Goodbye. It's over. You know what's crazy is I bet you that finish, that whole thing, was exactly what Punk and Starks are going to do. I bet I you Danielson just said, let's just do what you guys were going to do. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I think that's 100% what happened. Now that, think, now that you say it, I can absolutely see Phil Brooks doing that same exact fucking ending in that match with Ricky Starks. We're going to have we're gonna have the Brett Austin match from 13 in Chicago. Yeah. And they, literally, it, yeah. from Chicago in Chicago. So, um, Ricky Starks should challenge MJF for the world title at Grand Slam. You think? And lose. And lose. Ricky yes. Starks versus MJF again? I think I think you got to do it. I think I mean we could rush it here, but I think Ricky's stock is is at an all time high, and I really don't know. Like Omega and MJF, you'd almost have to like who wins that match, and are you really going to give Adam Cole and MJF again on Dynamite at Grand Slam? Mm, I don't think so. Are you going to go Roddy Strong and MJF? Nah, I go Ricky Starks. So we're not doing MJF versus Samoa Joe at Grand Slam, huh? 
I mean, maybe that could be it. I mean, I you know what, Brooklyn, they're gonna tell that story. Maybe. I mean, I, I mean, MJF is on uh, Dynamite tomorrow, and uh, he did tweet after the shove on Sunday. I'm not the same kid in Brooklyn, motherfucker. Game on. So. Uh, it looks like we're building to something, and he's going to need a big main event. And I know you didn't want MJF to defend the title on TV, but if he's going to defend the title on TV, it better be a big fucking match, and that's a big fucking match, Drew. Yeah, I, the, the Joe <clears throat> match makes sense. I can see that. I don't hate it. Um, shit, you can even do it at Wrestle Dream, but um, yeah, I don't hate that. That's fine. I just think Ricky needs to stay in the main event spotlight because I think Brian Danielson made him. Punk was going to make him. And I mean, I, I think Ricky, if you have any crack, any chance at re-signing Ricky Starks, who is basically all signed, sealed and delivered, but to go to WWE because his homeboys over there. Yep. This is what you got to do. So that was, uh, I'm glad they didn't actually tease anything with uh, Adam Cole and MJF. I like that they're continuing this slow burn and Roddy is playing a really, really uh, great role in this entire situation. So I'm very curious to see what they're doing here. Uh, I could well, that's do- the story. And yeah. we talked about that. You cannot, everyone was like, well, what happens if MJF and Cole lose the championships and all that? I was like, you can't do that. They got to ride this tag team wave out for a little bit. Um, and maybe they lose the tag team titles at the first ring of honor pay-per-view and that the first ring of honor pay-per-view that they're tag team champions. Yeah. And that's where you start to see the cracks, but these two are not here. That story's not, it's not climaxed yet. No. And don't, because this is the best thing on your television. Don't. Well, they need it now. Yeah. Don't push the button. Don't hit, don't break the glass in case of emergency. Stay the course, Tony and AW, because you guys are doing fantastic, a fantastic job with these two and this story. Uh, don't I'm, change it. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm having Adam Cole turn. I'm having Adam Cole win the title and MJF chase as the mega oversympathetic devil. That's what I'm doing. I honestly think that MJF is like untouchable at this point. Yes. If he loses, he's got to lose. I can't say I can't say more than enough about MJF, man. It's fucking incredible yeah. how uh, how he's risen from uh, even last year, showing up at All Out, confronting CM Punk, and returning as the devil with that Tony Khan voicemail playing over the PA system to where we see him now. Man, he's like a completely different performer. Yeah, and I think that's the range that he's showing. And also, I I know that WWE will try and go after him, but I I I think this whole January thing's a work. Me I know too. I might be the only one, but I I don't think Tony's. I mean, how much? Time, money, television time, which is invaluable. They pay-per-view main events. They have given MJF. They're not going to let it. I would. What is it going to take? I, this is what. If MJF says this, I'd be like, okay, see if WWE will give you that. And then if WWE comes back, well, yeah, seven point five, whatever. I'd be like, all right, we'll match it or we'll go above. I don't think Tony even lets him get to January. Truthfully, I think he's already signed an extension. I think he's already signed, sealed, and delivered. Honestly, I think I think so too, and I think MJF is AEW's biggest coup. Cannot let him go. No. Let's shift gears to uh, WWE. Drew, we had uh, a WWE Premium Live event on Saturday. Believe it or not, with all that's going on with the AEW hysteria, Payback was a solid show on Saturday. Felt like a uh, grander Monday Night Raw. Wasn't really all that premium, but Triple H quality over quantity. Seven matches, I believe, or six matches, plus a uh, talking segment with Grayson Waller and Cody Rhodes. Let's break down this uh, key point here of payback. Start with Becky and Trish. They absolutely delivered in a steel cage match to open the show. Probably the best thing that Becky has done all year. Probably the best Trish Stratus match ever, in my honest opinion. And we eat shit on this one. They over-delivered. Listen, we didn't eat shit, man. The feud sucked. 
hundred percent. But I'm just saying that the ladies we showed did, up to work though. They, they fucking killed it. Yeah, and we said that you know I, this match just needs to happen. Um, but I think we saw a different side of Trish. We saw a different side of Becky. There was a lot of um, frustrations because they weren't on SummerSlam, man. That, that 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 was two women that went out there and said, "You want to leave us off the biggest show of the summer? We're gonna fucking show you something." And that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I think Trish's demeanor going into that match. I think everything. I think Becky and Trish put on a hell of a match. The Zoe Stark story. They that was a a great way to open that ple really was now becky moves on supposedly she's on nxt tonight i seen some people in the chat saying that she's on nxt she's she's challenging their champion for the nxt women's champion i am interested to see how we get out of this one what is not what is the point what is is the point here like is becky gonna win the championship that she never won here and i want to throw it to you this is not something that's on the run sheet here because I find this to be incredibly frustrating when WWE does this with talent like a Charlotte and a Becky. I feel like if they're not booking Becky or a Charlotte in a championship match, then they don't have a fuck a, a fucking clue as to what to do with them with creative. Like, why do they need to be in a championship match and a championship match only? You can't book them in something that's a little less than what they're normally used to, like... Use them to get a younger talent over. It's like they always they always rushed. Hey, we'll put Becky in a championship match. We can't put her against Rhea, but we'll put her against Tiffany Stratton. Who the fuck wants to see that? Yeah, I think this is all for the ratings. I think, you know, um, when Nick Khan said this in the earnings call, which you, if you're a wrestling fan, you should listen to the investor call. Um, I do because I have stock in WWE. Um, I mean, they're publicly traded. Make money off them, guys and girls, if you can. I think this is Nick Khan trying to build this as a legitimate third brand. So he, you know, he could play that card. Hey, go down to Orlando for me. Here's the private jet. Go work this match with, you know, Tiff, that being Becky. I want to see what happens. I want to see how we get out of here. Now, am I going to watch the show live? No, I, I don't watch NXT live. I will record it. And if something is major happening on it, then you'll get my, my attention. Becky on NXT is major. So I will see what happens, but we got to get out of this match with Tiffany being still your NXT champion and Becky not losing clean. So how do we do this? Do we get a no contest? Then you're going to piss people off. I I don't know. Does, does Trish cost her the match? Does does Zoe cost her the match? I don't know. I don't know what we do, but Becky, if Becky wins that NXT women's championship, that doesn't help anybody. And I just feel like that's laziness in my opinion. That's basically them telling us that they don't trust Tiffany Stratton. That's the way I see it. I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, uh did uh Braun Breaker beat Seth Rollins? No. So why are we going to do this with Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton? It's complete opposite. Yeah, I think Becky does help the the ratings for them and I think that sure. again, what we need to do here is how do we get out of next Tuesday with the championship still being on Tiff and Becky still looking strong in terms of how she lost. Yeah. So I think that may actually, I mean, for ratings, it may actually happen on TV, but I'm thinking maybe they do it at No Mercy. They got their pay-per-view coming up this month. Maybe, maybe. Ooh, is, is that, yeah. is that changed? I thought it was next week. I don't know. I have no clue, but I think, uh, I think that's coming up this month. Maybe they do it there. We'll figure that out. But uh, yes, the ladies did deliver on Saturday night, big in that steel cage match. The feud was one of the worst parts of Monday Night Raw all year, but they did show up to work. And for the fans, now you know why Triple H didn't put it on SummerSlam because I said this on my post show on Saturday, Drew. If this match was on SummerSlam, they would have gotten not anywhere close 
to the amount of time they got on Saturday night, and they fucking killed it with the time that they were given. If it was on SummerSlam, it would have been forgotten and nobody would have been talking about it. Now, people are talking about it and they're labeling it as probably one of the best women's matches all year. So every, everybody who took to Twitter to complain or X to complain about... They're the ones eating shit. Yeah, I can't believe you guys took this off the card. Like, what the hell would happen to the women's empowerment? Hey, homeboys and homegirls, they <laughs> got like 20 minutes of quality airtime on a PLE and they stole the show. Yeah. Yeah. And you had two women's matches on Saturday. Look at that. The main event of next week's NXT is Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship. So there you go. Okay. There you go. We got some competition next week. Look at that. Boy, if we could outdraw Becky, man, I might just, uh, I might just, you know, ask for a raise here. I'm going to need some more CM Punk news to hit the rumor mill. So Drew and I have something to talk about next week. Uh, Judgment Day, Drew. They steal the tag team championships from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I was legitimately shocked when this decision was made. I did not expect that to happen. I was expecting more of a a tension situation between Finn Balor and Damian Priest to further that storyline, but... My God, man, what a fucking tag team match. I thought that this was the best match of the night. It may have been one of the best tag team matches that we see all year in any promotion. That was a fucking hell of a match. Was it the right time to take the belts off of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? Yes. Really? Two single stars in their own right. The story now is Sami and Jay. um, You know, Sami's Jay's only ally. And how's Kevin going to take to that? He's not. I, so did, I did Jay's bring that up, yep. Jay's first feud is probably going to be with Kevin Owens. Or or maybe uh, Sammy is not directly involved with Jay yet. I said this on my post show last night. Who's going to battle the Judgment Day? Judgment Day is running havoc over Monday Night Raw. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to stop them. I mean, Sammy Zayn wrestled J.D. McDonough last night. Kevin Owens, I do agree because I said the same exact thing on my post show last night. I do think that Kevin Owens is going to have a problem with Sammy interjecting himself in the Jay Uso situation because he had a problem with it in the first place. And I don't know how he's going to take to that. So they may actually be teasing a split between Sammy and KO at some point. But the bigger problem is now Judgment Day. They got to remain together to band together against Judgment Day. Who backs up Sammy and KO? I pitched Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano because Tommaso Ciampa walked into Adam Pierce's office last night and maybe. He is discussing potentially bringing Johnny into the fold and maybe doing away with Judgment Day on Raw. I don't know. So, I listen, I thought the call was the right call. I think this match was excellent. I think Kevin, Sammy, um, you know, uh, Punishment Martinez, uh, Damian Priest, whatever we're calling him nowadays, who, you know, is just killing it. And Finn Balor paid a huge homage to Terry Funk in the hardcore style. That was very evident. Kevin really sell, uh, sold out on the, um, the Swanton on Dom. I mean, he landed hard. He missed the table. So, again, I think all four men uh, competed their balls off and gave exactly what you would want in that type of match. I think it was the right call. Judgment Day has all of the gold besides the world, you know, the main worlds for the men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's, the, it's, it's it, they run raw. Judgment Day runs raw. The interesting dynamic, there's two things, and that's why I really dug – Monday Night Raw after payback. It's two things. J.D. McDonough is kissing a lot of ass on Judgment Day, and he's kissing ass to Damian Priest. And that little contract swap, what are we doing with this other case? There's something there that I'm not quite sure I can put my finger on just yet. Not quite sure. Um, And I think the split, the other story is, what you just touched on, Sammy and Jay. 
it's brilliant. Jay's the only, or Sammy's the only one that trusts Jay and everybody else can't stand the guy. They don't trust him, all this stuff. It's just good storytelling. It really is. Yeah, yeah, they they did a, a really great job. And Jay Uso really creates a nice dynamic to get you interested in a couple of different things there. Nobody likes him on the roster because of his bloodline history. Uh, the bloodline has basically run havoc over, over WWE in general. So Drew McIntyre had a problem with him last night. Matt Riddle had a problem because Matt Riddle was put out uh, alongside Randy Orton by the bloodline. McIntyre obviously was fucked over by the bloodline at Clash of the Castle and Solo Sokoa. Uh, against Roman Reigns. So, uh, yes, I'm intrigued by that story, but... Who's going to SmackDown? Listen, man. That was the other story. Th- this this is the other story. Adam Pearce did say that with Jey Uso's arrival on Monday Night Raw because Cody pulled his political strings and Michael Cole said, well, yeah, well, he was an EVP at one point. He's got that type of pull. So, you know, nice little, uh, you know, nice little dig, dig at uh, AEW there in his former position, but... I did say on my show on Monday, Drew, that I do think that Cody is the only one that makes sense to go over to SmackDown because we uh-uh. need we we need a way to finish the story. And I said, I don't want to see Cody draw number one at the Royal Rumble and win a predictable Royal Rumble to get to Roman at WrestleMania. I would rather him be traded and move over to SmackDown in light of Jay coming to Raw so that he's already over there John Cena's over there. He can work tags with Cena. You want to get a one-on-one match with Cena? He's over there. And then move on to Roman. And he doesn't need to win the Rumble because he'll be on the same brand as Roman. He can just challenge for the championship. See, this is where I wanted to freeze again, but I won't. I do not agree. Um, I don't want Cody over on SmackDown because, um, no pun intended, the time is not right for him to go there the match between him and Roman can be built very easily and Roman's not there. And I don't want Cody and Roman to cross paths because what's is Cody going to fight for the United States championship. Miss me with that shit. I'm telling you this right now. I think the person that goes over to SmackDown is Randy Orton because they need it. And Randy and Roman can have some matches. They can have some matches. I could, I could see that. I mean, I wasn't thinking about Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton fits better on a brand that has Cody Rhodes. A hundred percent. But I think Cody's got some feuds here in the chamber, truthfully on raw that don't involve Seth Rollins and that world heavyweight championship. What happens if Jay Uso? Well, well, wait, wait, let me stop. Was Randy Orton drafted? Was Randy Orton drafted to a brand is what I want to know. So how could he be traded if he's not really on raw? Uh, let's look this up. I don't know. I'll look it up right now. Uh, I don't know if Randy was ever mentioned. So I don't think I don't think Randy was ever mentioned. I mean, I think Cody probably makes the most sense in my honest opinion, in my point of view. But I could see it being Randy Orton for sure because who put out Randy Orton per storyline to begin with? It was Roman Reigns. So yeah, I could see that being the case, and him going to Adam Pearce and saying, "Hey, I want over there. I got to get my revenge. If I'm coming back, I'm going right after Roman." Uh, I do not see Randy Orton on the Raw roster, so that would mean that he's probably not drafted. So I will I will look here on the Raw roster. KO, uh, that would really split Sammy and KO, but I think KO needs to stay because there's the story writes itself there with, um, hey, I don't trust this guy, and why is this guy, you know, your friend with Jey Uso? Man, I mean, you could really... You could really shake this whole thing up and trade one of the Judgment Day members, but I don't know if that's the right call either. No, I don't think that's the right call. It's so close to a possible war games, I, I think they all need to be together. What about Drew? I think he's turning heel, and I think he's going to suit Monday Night Raw better because 
I think a heel Drew against Rollins or a heel Drew versus if Cody's not going to get drafted, I think Cody and Drew is a good program because Drew McIntyre did say, if Jay Uso fucks up once, I'm going to keep a very close eye on him. If he fucks up once, then I'm going to go and seek whoever brought him over here and deal with them myself personally, and that's Cody Rhodes. So I could see them kind of crossing paths at some point as well. Yeah, it's interesting. That SmackDown or that Raw roster, I mean, I mean, it could be a woman, but I mean, there's a lot of talented women on Raw that would make sense. Yes, Cody is too obvious. I get the I get the fact that Cody is too obvious, but finish the story, right? Yeah. It makes sense. I, I just appreciate the fact that they're actually doing something to make sense of somebody coming over and they want to bring somebody else to SmackDown via trade. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it looks like <clears throat> Randy's not even in the free agent. It's Lesnar, you know, Von Wagner, Shelton, Cedric, Dolph, MVP, Logan Paul. And he's not on SmackDown. So, yeah, I don't know where he's at. Truthfully. Well, Adam Pierce says it's not going to make a lot of people happy. I don't know what he meant by that, if that really factors into what he's doing here. But I did predict Cody. I could see why you think it's Randy. It makes sense. I, I don't, the Cody thing just, it's it's obvious, and it would it would piss people off in terms of like the raw roster, but in that story, I'm not talking about piss me off or piss you off. I just don't think it's the right time for Cody to go over to SmackDown because uh, Roman's not there. What is intriguing in that though is if we get Cody and John, yeah, man, yeah, man, Cody and John Cena at uh, Survivor Series. That'll be uh, John Cena's uh, possible send off before he goes back to Hollywood. I don't know when that's going to end, but how long we have John Cena that remains to be seen. But I could see that. You know, before we get Cody and Roman at WrestleMania, you think they do that before we get to WrestleMania? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope not. That's a WrestleMania match. And um, if they go WWE, you know, if The Rock does for whatever reason want to come back, you can miss me with the Roman match at Mania. Sorry, yeah. Rock. But yeah. The biggest thing that I took from Payback, JD, and I kind of wanted your take on this too, was, um, and it was a great show, but I will say the John Cena LA Knight segment at the top of the ramp when John lifted up LA Knight's hand. If yep. John was a special guest referee against the Miz, uh, LA Knight won. John had a lot of involvement in that match as a ref. But it almost seemed like that kind of got real quick. Yeah. Like John had his hand out and he was like, hey, dickhead, shake my hand. Yeah. Like, I'm trying like, to show you a sign of respect. Yeah. Shake it. Leave your gimmick at the door here. I'm one of the greatest of all time. Shake my hand. So I don't, you know, and then he said, John raised his hand, hit him on the back and said, your moment. And it looked to me like John was a little perturbed. Now, John could be selling very well, but it looked to me like John might have been a little bit legitimately pissed off. I don't know. Well, LA Knight kind of came back with, uh, you know, you almost ruined my match in there. You almost uh, cost me the match against the Miz in there. So I think LA Knight was in character. I didn't really take away from that moment that John Cena was pissed off. I thought uh, LA Knight was completely in character, and I think John Cena probably knew that, and he was just kind of playing up the fact that he was mad that LA Knight was, you know, angry at him for the special guest referee spot, which I did not like, by the way. I didn't like John Cena being the special guest referee. I think that was an unadvertisement uh, blunder for WWE. I think John Cena actually took away from the match itself, and The Miz and LA Knight did such a great job on the build that we didn't need John Cena as a special guest referee. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think they just wanted to get John involved. And I, yeah. I, I, I'm i with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did raise LA Knight's hand. He got the exposure. He got the uh, the send-off with Cena. But, I mean, 
Are we getting LA Knight versus John Cena on SmackDown? Is that where we're going with this? Because what does LA Knight do after he beats The Miz again? They've protected John, they being WWE, in terms of like, hey, you know, like we're not going to put you in the ring right away. And also because, you know, they want to make sure that if this strike does end, I think that John could just kind of get back into Hollywood and not have to um, have any physicality. I yeah. don't know how long that lasts because truthfully, you do need John to have a couple matches, in my opinion. I don't know yeah. how many times you're going to trot him out as a enforcer or a referee or host. People get tired of that shtick. But yes, I do believe John Cena and LA Knight will have a match and they should um i also think that whoever gets traded to monday or to smackdown if it is cody rhodes i mean um, that's why i said cody cody cena versus yeah. grayson waller and austin theory i mean that's just tailor yeah. made for a match yeah i hope it's not cody but maybe cody's time on raw is done but even though they said cody returns to raw next week so i don't know I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he gives us the answer that he's traded next week. I don't know. Uh, the other part of uh, the payback show on Saturday that I did not like, and I was a little excited coming on in, was the Seth Rollins and Nakamura match. I honestly thought it disappointed. I think it went way too long. The crowd was dead really? for the. I mean, listen, it was a fun match. It felt like a more of a Monday Night Raw main event to me than a PLE main event. And, and WWE did an admirable job in the last three weeks or so to build up Nakamura, but I think. Us as an American audience watching WWE television, we can appreciate when WWE tries to correct something that they fucked up with for so long, and yeah. they've done a very good job with Nakamura. The presentation's been great. The attitude's been great. The vignettes have been great. But last night, after he lost, Drew, he said no when the champion basically was giving him a free rematch. No. He's no. A heel, no. JD. He's a heel. Yeah, he's a heel. He's not. I don't give Seth a shit if you're a heel, a baby face, an alien. I don't. I don't care. Like you, you're getting a free championship match. You're going to accept the championship match. Logic would say yes, but here's the deal: they have repackaged and made Nakamura something he hasn't been since WrestleMania 34 and that Royal Rumble win and his NXT days. So I think what Seth is trying, and the story here is Seth being like, uh, "Granted, I understand your point. Like, you want to give me a championship title shot? Hell yeah, I'm taking it." But what Seth is doing is Seth is basically demanding that he defends his title against Nakamura. And Nakamura is playing the head games of no, 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 no. Yeah. Which furthers the storyline, which I know you understand because they got to get the fast lane. And we're going to get a stipulation, probably an I quit match or something to that extent. Because what Seth is doing is trying to lure Nakamura into a championship match, which is crazy. And Nakamura is like, nah, it's going to be on my terms. And you're yeah. not, I'm not even the champion. That's well, how bad Seth wants the match. Well, I, I said on Monday when I when I went live after all, I'm like, well, Nakamura already got in Rollins' head about the back. He knows his back is the problem. And now he's basically teasing Rollins with the answer of no and trying to get into his head even more and break him down more. So Nakamura gets an even weaker Rollins when he does want to get to the match go. with uh, Rollins at the pay-per-view. So I know where they were going with it. It just, in, in execution, it sounded ridiculous. And I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm interested in a second match after what I saw at Fastlane. I mean, he lost clean and I know we have another pay-per-view, but you know, I'm more intrigued with Rollins and uh, Ricochet, to be quite honest. The Ricochet's interjected himself into this thing. And it looks like Ricochet may be set up for a main event match with Rollins at some point. How do you feel about that? Are you fucking serious? Yes, I am serious. Rollins and Ricochet, bro. Over Rollins and Nakamura? Good night, everybody. <laughs> Come on, man. 
You no. know that's going to be a banger when they do it. Great. I mean, yeah, the match will be good. But, I mean, here, I, well, all right, so with this interest, if Nakamura wins that championship at Fastlane, and then we have, you know, Rollins, Nakamura 3, and he drops it a month later, I mean, does that interest you? No. Okay. No. But, but Ricochet does. Well, do, do you want to know what, what the real problem is? WWE's got nobody at the top of the card for Rollins. That's the problem. There, there you go. So they're going to go Nakamura again, and then it's their job to tell us who's next. I can, tell you, who, I, I can tell you who's next. Gunther. Good pick. Very good pick. I think Gunther needs to drop that Intercontinental Championship at Fastlane to Gable. Those two men had a fantastic match, and the story on Monday Night Raw was great. Gunther's this nasty, evil, I don't give a shit about your family heel. And Chad Gable is now this guy who has all the sympathy in the world on him. Yes. I don't know if we're getting a fourth match. Are we getting a fourth match? We need to. I mean, Gable, I think they released something on .com where he says he's not done with Gunther and he vows, he promises he's going to take that title from, from Gunther. But that's not announced yet. So in my point of view, I saw Gunther beat Gable clean. He's breaking the record. This week, at the end of the week, he'll break the Honky Tonk Man's record. I did say last night, Drew, that if we do get a fourth match, Gable beats Gunther at Fastlane. If 100%. we are if we are not getting a fourth match, Gunther takes the Intercontinental title into WrestleMania. And what I mean by that is he wins the Royal Rumble at number one. He wins the Rumble, challenges Rollins at WrestleMania, beats Rollins at WrestleMania in the in, in the main event of night one as the Intercontinental Champion, holds both belts up at the end of the night. Come Raw after Mania, vacates the IC title. We have a big tournament, and Guthrie's still undefeated. Well, I can tell you this much. The WWE has done their job. They have erased the honky-tonk man from the longest intercontinental championship reign of all time, and that was the goal. Mission accomplished. It's the only thing he lived for, man. Now it's gone. Well, the WWE wants to get rid of some of that history, um, and I think they're, they're doing that. You didn't Not- like shake, rattle, and roll, bro. I mean, I'll pull out my my, uh, my Hasbro here, Doc Talk, man. I mean, I listen. I like the gimmick, man. But I mean, I agree. Your records are meant to be broken. I mean, that one should have been broken by now. I'm surprised it hasn't been. Well, listen, I Gunther is exceptional. So let him break the record. Let him drop that championship at Fastlane to Chad Gable. Chad Gable is going to be a main event star very, very shortly. I think that Intercontinental Championship now means so much more that Gunther is holding it. And when Gunther drops that championship to Chad Gable, the quality will not drop off. Gable is right there with Gunther in terms of match quality. Yes, but it's not. I'm not worried about Gable. We all know Gable's one of the best pro wrestlers in the entire company. The The, the mm-hmm. problem that I have is WWE's been absolutely brilliant with Gunther in the IC title. Triple H has made a priority out of the Intercontinental Championship. Is that same priority going to be with Gable as champion. It's all in the follow-up. I don't trust them in the follow-up here. I, don't. I think Guther's winning the Royal Rumble. I don't think Cody's going back-to-back. I think Guther eliminates Cody in the so. Royal Rumble, and I think he wins it, and I think he challenges Seth, and I think Cody, how he gets the SmackDown is he wins the Elimination yes. Chamber. I, I, that's a, absolutely, that's that I is picture-perfect the way I book it. Yeah, and I just think that that's probably the way they go. They see what they have in Guther, they being WWE. Gabe, they're going to elevate Gable. They're going to elevate Guther. Gunther and Rollins at WrestleMania 40. Gunther, I think we've talked about this, beats the holy hell out of him. Yes. The back issue comes into play there, and he's the one who puts Rollins out. And Rollins goes away. Maybe he does have surgery. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he takes two, three months off and doesn't have the surgery. Or maybe he does, because I think if you have back surgery, it's probably a year, eight to 12 months. Yeah. I don't know. But I think Seth is getting to WrestleMania 40. That's the goal. 
Uh, that is all I got on my run sheet, man. You got anything else you want to talk about? I see some Carlito news here. I see some WWE back in Saudi on November 4th news here. What else mm -hmm. you got? Well, I mean, we could talk about Carlito. We talked about Edge. I mean, Carlito, the rumor is that he's been side since July. And if that's true or not, so be it. Um, how do you use Carlito right now? I use him in the LWO where they turn on Ray. Santos and Carlito turn on Ray. That's what I would do. Uh, that's that's a good uh, a good start. Um, I, I keep forgetting Ray's the United States champion. I was going to say, let, let's have Carlito go after the United States championship. He would have been perfect to take the belt off of Austin Theory, but we're, we're well past that. I, I think that works. I really do. Uh, the thing is, I, I, I like Carlito as a babyface. I think him coming in as a babyface and staying a babyface is great because uh, he got a, an incredible reaction in Puerto Rico. I was lucky enough to call his match against Cardona at Haga a couple of months ago, and he got a fucking unbelievable reaction. I, I don't know. I mean, LWL probably makes the most sense here. Yeah, um, I would agree. The other thing I have for you that I want your opinion on, which I'm sure you'll talk about at length tomorrow because we're going to find out who's in it. But if you have the pencil here, AW Grand Slam, the Eliminator Tournament, is tomorrow for the world title. Who is in this tournament? Well, how many people do we have? Eight? Eight. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, Roddy's in it. Um, Samoa Joe, I feel like, has to be in it after shoving MJF. Adam Cole, That's we two. know, is going to be in it. Three. Um, I agree with all those so far. Uh, I go Ricky Starks. It's four. I, Ricky Starks, yes. Uh, I put Jay White in there. Five. I think you have to put some former champions. Kenny. Maybe... Maybe Danielson? Maybe. I mean, Mox. I Kenny. mean, Mox just won the, the international championship. So maybe you keep Mox off that. I don't know. This Kenny Jericho? Well, Jericho's in a tag team with Sammy, so I don't think it'll be Jericho. And Kenny just lost to Takeshita. Maybe we replace, replace Kenny with uh, Takeshita. Well, the few, to continue that feud, though, because Kenny's not going to take on MJF at, at Arthur Ashe. No. Neither is Jericho. So you can have a continuation of feuds. Kenny's in the match. Not against Takeshna. Takeshna cost him the match. Again, further that storyline a little bit. Give a rub to somebody who needs it um, in terms of whoever takes on Omega. And you could have Jericho take on whomever, and maybe Sammy doesn't give him the bat in time or whatever. Another kind of like, hey, we got to get our shit together if we're going to tag. That's just me. I think you got to have some former world champions in here. Yeah, I, I could see that. The thing with these, uh, these eliminated tournaments is Tony Khan usually makes them very predictable. He made the Owen very predictable. And he usually lines up these first-round matches with, you know, uh, very clear-cut winners in each bracket. I hope he doesn't do that here with the Eliminator Tournament. I'd like to see Andrade in one of these brackets. I'd like to see Malachi or somebody Miro. from the House of Black. Yeah, Miro in, in there. He had a great match with Powerhouse Hobbs, and I apologize that we didn't talk about that. That was an unbelievable match, and that just proved that you need those two guys on television more and more, and C.J., is with Miro, and they got something going on there, which I'm happy to see that Miro's got some sort of direction. So yeah. two guys we didn't name have just been announced 12 minutes ago. Darby and Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne is in the tournament? Yeah. The fuck is Dar Nick Wayne doing in the world title tournament? Darby versus Nick Wayne. Why does he do that? Sorry, I knew this would happen. I just said I just said what he did. He literally just announced 12 minutes ago. Why does he make the bracket so predictable? Yeah, it's like putting in it's like if you're gonna have a tournament on WWE and you got Cody Rhodes taking on Otis. No offense, Otis. But Cody's not losing that match. No. Nick Wayne for like Nick Wayne's uh what did he do? What did he do to deserve a shot at MJF? 
And Darby, isn't he fucking broken? Yeah, and again, like, if they have, if for some reason Darby gets screwed by Swerve and Nick Wayne advances to the semifinals, I'm fucking out. I mean, give me a I'm break, out. dude. I mean, holy shit. God, man, Tony, I mean, I would love to know what Tony Khan is drinking, man. Seriously, I want to order one myself. High noons and White Claws. Oh, my God. Awful. God, I, I don't know. Listen, well, we might as well scrap everything we talked about, because none, none of it's going to happen. <laughs> That's it. Get to your chest. Man, we, could, we could fucking, uh, we could book the show better than Tony Khan can, man. Holy don't shit. Don't say that. Everyone's going to clip that shit now. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, listen, guys, we, we thank you for joining us here on uh, TNT episode number 12. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit. Uh, hey, I didn't freeze tonight. No you, no, you did not freeze tonight. Look at that. It's amazing. Did you up your internet? Maybe. For you only. Maybe. Oh, my God. Look at us. Uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, follow us on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. You guys can follow Drew at Andrew Bedala on Twitter. Go and check him out as well. He's here every Tuesday. And I'm glad that you guys are enjoying what we're doing on a Tuesday night. It seems to be growing and growing and growing. I don't know much. I don't know how much of that is the, the CM Punk influence in the title and the thumbnail, but I'll take it. Uh, Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We got 730 likes. I'd love to see 1,000, man. We got 2,200 in here. There's still time for 1,000. And go check out all the other content on the channel. I uploaded a CM Punk video earlier today in regards to the WWE aspect of things. It did 21,000 views in five hours. So thank you guys. Yeah, I want to say this. I know JD gets a lot of views every week on his review shows. And him and Mr. Impact, uh, you know, Chi-Town Smart, shout out to Jesse, get views on their Dynamite reviews. But I do appreciate we were at 2,800 at one point watching live. I appreciate that wholeheartedly, and I know JD does too. We are just trying to give you some unbiased, unfiltered um, opinions on the pro wrestling sports entertainment industry, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a little uh, pulling back the curtain on this uh, on this show. The reason why this partnership came to be is because my guy Drew is always looking out for me, always has uh, an eye on what I'm doing, and a lot of people tend to think that I'm not... Uh, somebody that people want to work with but hopefully this dynamic is opening uh, a few eyeballs because uh, the way I am with him I am not on my own shit and this is the way that I usually am in general if you're talking to me if you come across me walking the street or if I'm at a bar somewhere this is the the JD that you usually get so a little bit more humanized on this side of things so hopefully you guys enjoy it I was told this is career suicide in terms of if I wanted to be in the wrestling business and I said you don't know JD then I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Hopefully uh, people have uh, come to like what we're doing here. But Super Chats, guys, we appreciate you want to hang out with us. Damar with a four ninety nine. He leaves no message. Thank you, Damar. Tribal Chief with a $2 Super Chat. JD Drew, love the show. So show and respect. OTS number one. Thank you, Tribal Chief. Tony Brown with a four ninety nine. My young Tribal King, hope you are feeling better. I am on a scale of 1 to 10, Tony. I am about a 5.5. So uh, I still got a little bit to go. Uh, my voice is not where it should be, and I'm still achy and uh, nasally, but we'll get through it. But Thank- he honors his commitments, and he does business. There you go. Uh, Beyond the script with the 499. I love this chat. You got some funny people in here, JD. We are fantasy booking future punk matches. Made me laugh. Love y'all. Thank you, Beyond the script. Appreciate you, man. Hopefully you are well. 
Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Punk was in trouble even on WWE's backstage show. That uh, is correct. Uh, what, what was he in trouble for? I know he well, said, uh, he, he told the Miz to suck a blood money covered dick in Saudi. I know he said that, though. On Fox? No, no, he said that on Twitter. Oh, well, no, I, I was going to say I missed that one. Uh, boy, that would have that would have put a lot of asses on in uh, in seats, and that would have put a lot of fucking eyeballs on the television screen. Um, I know that he kind of went into he being CM Punk was uh, going into business for himself, and WWE told Fox that he needs to be real dead. Uh, I appreciated his real uh, his realism, bro. He, he called it out. If, if the show sucked, man, he'd tell you that's basically what we e- signed up for. I watched two episodes of that show, and one of them was when Punk walked through those doors and debuted. And you never watched again. I watched them talk about, I think it was the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And Punk was doing, and that was it. I mean, I think Punk was gone shortly after that. Beyond the script with a 199, I remember Vince saying he would work with Punk. I guess. I mean, th- things change, man. Vince is all about money now. So if, if Punk is going to make Vince money, I'm sure Vince would work with Punk. Do you think Punk stock is at an all time high or an all time low? Um, I honestly think his stock right now is honestly, I think it's at an all time high because I don't see how it can be at a low. I mean, his name is everywhere. <laughs> Why is this going around? Is, is Phil getting a, is punk getting a divorce? I see this in the chat a bunch. How would we know that? Why would you know that? How like, would we know that? I don't, I hope not. Yeah, me either. If he get if that's what's going on, then I really do feel for the man. Well, that, that opens up a lot of fucking explanation as to why he's behaving the way that he is. That would suck, man. Yeah, that would be terrible. That would I hope that's not the case, but, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. Does he keep Larry in that in that case? Again, that, that whole situation <laughs> sucks. Yeah, that, that's terrible. Uh, I'm only joking. I know. I know you are. Uh, 21 with a 99. 99. Thank you, brother. Hey, JD and Drew, if Punk ends up in WWE, whether it's this year or next year, it will be strictly business and business only. It is going to be business. Uh, hopefully business can be done, man. Like I said, I am here for uh, the chaos. If it does happen, uh, a small part of me wants to see it, but also uh, a large part of me doesn't want to see it because I would rather see keep. Uh, I'd rather see M. Punk keep his integrity intact. I'll say this. I think, I think the merger is going to happen. WWE and Endeavor's merger is going to happen in either October and November. The first PLE of that merger is probably going to be Survivor Series, and they're going to look to make a bang. Yeah. If all the stars align, I think Punk could end up in WWE. Yep. We'll see if there's a non-compete along with that uh, package he'll probably end up getting from AEW, so it's going to be very interesting. Yankee, Frankie. Don't sign it. Yeah, no, don't sign it. You're watching. Don't sign it. Don't sign it. Yankee, Frankie with a $5 Superchat. WWE doesn't need Punk. If they bring him back, sign him to a one-year deal and let him get his WrestleMania main event and then induct him into the Hall of Fame. Like Drew said, I think it will be a short leash contract uh, to see if he is on his best behavior, and then uh, it will uh, roll over if he is on good behavior. Also, with a new membership, Yankee Frankie, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Deontay Smith with a 999. Punk returning to WWE could work. His two main beefs with WWE, the house show schedule and not being booked as a top guy are no longer issues. WWE's micromanagement would prevent locker room conflicts. You could put CM Punk on a bus. He doesn't need to be in the locker room. Like, that's the beauty of what they have now. And you could really seclude himself and all that other stuff. Um, 
you know, and I it could work. It could. It's all depending on whether CM Punk wants to do business and if WWE is willing to take the risk, truthfully. Listen, I think right now, as far as a time, if he wants to come into WWE, Cody made the right jump uh, because he felt, I do feel like Cody felt like Roman's time was kind of dwindling away. And when Roman loses that championship, Roman's basically done on WWE television. There's nothing more for him to do. I think he's going to end up in Hollywood anyway. So Punk, Drew, may actually have more of a role on television than he really wants. Well, I think the, the the crumbling of Roman's empire and then the redemption will probably be where they go with Roman. I don't think Roman's signed still delivered to Hollywood yet. Could end up there. I will say this. Um, you know, <sighs> Punk would make, he would help a, a lot of things on Raw or SmackDown, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm having a tough time. Just I, I, I don't know if, if WWE is going to want to do business with Phil Brooks. That's the biggest thing. Uh, someone in the chat said, Punk is not getting a divorce. Listen to his cauliflower alley speech. I don't, I don't think he I think people are trolling, man. I, All right. And on. here's the other thing that I saw in here that I, I wanted to talk about um, that kind of threw my train of thought off here. The contract was terminated, which means the clause terminated as the non-compete clause terminated. Well, that is correct. But if CM Punk and AEW have come to an agreement on a severance, they will put a non-compete in that because basically what AEW is doing is putting him at home, sit on your ass, collect a check that we will write you. You probably get 50% of it up front, 50% when you sign, and then 50% at the end of this non-compete clause. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah. Uh, Sham World with 11 months. WWE doesn't need CM Punk. They have all the talent they need. They just suck at booking them. However, six-month contract for three, four big money matches, maybe. Yeah, I'm telling you, you can have Punk debut at the Rumble or at Survivor Series, have his first match at one of those B-level pay-per-views against whoever you want to, PLEs, have have him in the Rumble, doesn't win it, have him wrestle a chamber, maybe in a singles match against somebody not named Cody Rhodes, and then have the Austin match. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, Yankee Frankie with the $2 Super Chat. If Punk goes to WWE, does he show up with the AEW X belt? No. Never. Levi. I'm sorry, Jim. Those guys and girls don't really travel with those belts anymore. So, no. Levi with a 12 months. Happy to be at a live show again. Hope all is well with you both. Love TNT and glad to make it the 12 months. Thank you, Levi. I appreciate you. Uh, David Moses with a 199. JD and Andrew. Adam Cole. Bay Bay Dalla. Good show. Thank yeah. You, thank you. Thank David. you. I saw this too, and I'll, I'll say this. Um, the trade, Edge to AEW and Punk to WWE, I think that works out for both sides magically. Yeah. Love it. Cake with 25 months. I'm so glad I'm at 25 months. Things have been hectic lately. I'm beginning to reevaluate where I am. Yeah, it's been tough, man. It's been tough uh, getting out of the summer and going into the fall, man. It's been just a tough August. So hopefully you're all right, brother. Yeah, and this narrative that I see in the chat, too, that Endeavor is not going to hand out lucrative contracts, you have no idea what you're talking about. This is not UFC. Yeah, that's going to be the most interesting part, in my honest opinion, to me. What type of contracts are they going to be handed out? Because you know they're going to want to cut budget. Is, is there going to be budget cuts? Probably. I, right? I think there's a lot of things that they could do in terms of cutting budget, but not getting big uh, you know, stars, Yeah, they're not going to cut because they need that mainstream crossover appeal. They also need to pop ratings. UFC is different, man. That's a pay-per-view model. Yeah. 
Tommy Brannigan with a $2 Super Chat. Orton was never mentioned because of injury. Yes, we did figure that out, Tommy. Thank you so much. Russell Wagner with 22 months. JD, hard work, and as always, like the TNT show. Sorry I won't be able to hold a sign-up in Cleveland. They're forcing two tickets ringside. I didn't know you were going to the show, brother. Enjoy yourself. Well-rounded Leo with a 499. It's funny how AEW fans love Punk when he left WWE, but now hate him for leaving AEW. Well, he didn't leave AEW. He got fired. It's anybody, too. I mean, when Adam Copeland, if he does show up on uh, AEW television, the WWE loyalist will tell you that he's a piece of shit, which, yeah. is the, which is the first thing the truth. He is such a good man, and whatever he wants to do for his family, I support uh, Punk has not changed. He always has been a jerk. Fans are fickle. Whatever, man. If Punk wants to go to WWE, I'm going to be a fan of CM Punk, but a little bit more reserved. I'm not going to believe everything he says because you know, we've been uh, through that same rigor-remo so much with Punk. Uh, MGM Ballin with a 499. Listening to you both while working out is the best part of my Tuesdays. Appreciate you both always. P.S. Don't associate. Uh, please don't associate me with Big Baller. No, I don't associate you with Big Baller. A Big Baller was kind of pissing me off with his Cody narrative earlier. Uh, beyond the script with a 199. Next week, JD, 24 months in the venue. Thank you, brother. It's a long two years, man. Tank Wall with a $5 super chat. Went to Monday Night Raw. Three hours is brutal. Dom Heat is real. Charlotte crowd was hot. I loved it and had so much fun seeing Jay live too. It was amazing. Guys, I'm not not doubting Dominic gets heat, but what you're hearing live and what I'm hearing on my television is completely different. They're manufacturing what comes through the TV. I'm not crazy. Yeah, I've been to a couple WWE shows. The... um... The, the heat that Dom gets, the reaction is very, very loud. They did not edit the Minneapolis reaction. But I can tell you that a couple times I've watched WWE TV, just like JD said. And when Dom was talking, I was like, mm, they either turn the volume up in the arena or they're using manufactured stuff. Yes. 21 with a 499. WWE should get Punk an edge type contract, like limited matches for one year and see how his behavior is and then go on from there. That's that's what I would do. I mean, Edge had a, a, a nice contract. Four or five matches a year, if that, and what, 25 dates? Easy. An ankle break with a $2 super chat. Braun Breaker just implied that he killed Von Wagner on NXT. Okay. We all know Von Wagner is uh, alive and well. So I don't think that uh, WWE is in the uh, killing off characters business, like uh, Impact and Lucha Underground. I don't know. I'll watch tomorrow. I usually catch up uh, either Thursday or Friday. Anyway, that's it, man. Any uh, any closing words before we get the hell out of here? No, to, to that person's point, they had Von Wagner, like, completely bloodied up, but he was bleeding through towels they placed over his head. So, interesting. Well, listen, man, Braun Breaker's uh, getting ready for that main roster call-up. He's got to be a psychopathic killer. I love it. Yeah, I agree. And here's what I'll say. There's so much drama in the LBC, though. There's so much drama happening in professional wrestling and in the world and everything else like that. I like my wrestling with CM Punk in it, but try and live drama free. There's so much shit that you guys go through in your daily lives that I go through in my daily lives, raising kids, you know, uh, work and all this other stuff that everyone goes through to those who don't have kids, those who do, but the day-to-day grind and you don't need any of this negativity. Enjoy wrestling and sports entertainment as an escape. Stop feeding into the drama. Okay. Stop. Just enjoy yourselves. I agree. Listen to the man. Thank you guys for listening to us on this Tuesday night. 
We appreciate you. We are 2,800 in here. Tops. We got 813 likes. Thank you for the super chat love. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206 and at Andrew Bedala on Twitter. And next week, I don't know, man, what is the next CM Punk, Punk chapter going to unfold? We will find out. We got more news coming next week, episode 13, next Tuesday. Until then, guys, have a great night, and I'll see you live with Jesse tomorrow night on AEW Dynamite right here on OTS.